0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back to Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we'll be reading Chapter 6 of Michael Adam, talking about the Adam God Doctrine. Today we'll be reading Eve, the Mother of All Living, pages 60 through 67. The reader program is about 17 minutes long and then we'll get into the commentary. Thank you for listening.
2: Eve, the mother of all living, chapter 6 of Michael Adam on the Adam God Doctrine. Pages 60 to 67. Few enough other scriptural references to precious women. But among those mentioned, Eve should be the most honored and Dash, the mother of all living, of the world, and Dash, performing the mission assigned to her, with all the honor and dignity that could be ascribed to her. Brigham Young gives her more honor than just being the first woman upon the earth and dash for he spoke of her mission in the pre-existence. And Eve, our common mother, who is the mother of all living, these spirits in the celestial world, and then this earth was organized by Lohim, Jehovah, and Michael, who is Adam, our common father. Adam and Eve had the privilege to continue the work of progression, consequently came to this earth, and commenced the great work of forming tabernacles for those spirits to dwell in. Brigham Young, L. John Nuttall Journal, 119 Surprising as this may sound, this doctrine solves a considerable mystery behind the very veil of creation. If Adam is the father of our spirits and bodies, It is only reasonable that Eve is the mother. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. General 3 20 61 that she was the mother of all living was said of Eve before she had given birth to Cain and Abel or other mortal children. If she was called the mother of all living before she had any mortal children it could only have reference to all of her spirit children. Chapter 1 of Genesis can apply only to the pre-existence, wherein Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over every living thing upon the earth. Eve was given the commandment to replenish the earth. Therefore, she must have had children first in the spirit world in order to replenish the world. To replenish is to stock up, and to replenish is to fill up again. Eve plenished the spirit world with spirit children, and then replenished the physical world with them once more as mortals. Then again and dash, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply by sorrow and thy conception. General 316. How could her sorrow and conception be multiplied unless she had already experienced them? In order to multiply a thing, it must first exist. As a resurrected being and mother of spirit children, she would be acquainted with sorrow and conception, but in mortality she was told that it would be multiplied. President Young confirmed this doctrine of Eve's being the mother of our spirits. According to Nuttall and Dash, Wednesday, 7, at Temple. I officiated his recorder at the font. Prayers. Young was filled with the Spirit of God in Revelation and said, When we got our washings and anointings under the hands of the Prophet Joseph, 62, had no view. We had only one room to work in. He gave the keywords, signs, tokens and penalties. These things of which I have been speaking are what are termed the mysteries of godliness, but they will enable you to understand the expression of Jesus, made while in Jerusalem. This is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God of Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Adam was an immortal being when he came on this earth and had begotten all the spirits that was sick to come to this earth and Eve our common mother, who is the mother of all living, all those spirits in the celestial world. Old John Nuttall journal, Vol. 118-20, Brigham Young taught that Eve was the mother of the spirits and introduced the physical bodies of all living. He made the following promise to mortal mothers. Many of the sisters grieve, because they are not blessed with offspring. You will see the time when you will have millions of children around you. If you are faithful to your covenants, you will become mothers of nations. You will become eaves to earths like this. And when you have assisted in peopling one earth, there are millions of earths still in the course of creation and when they have endured a thousand million times longer than this earth, it is only as it were the beginning of your creations. Be faithful, and if you are not blessed with children in this time, you will hereafter. But I would not dare tell you all I know about these matters. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 8, 208. Before me I see a house full of eaves what a crowd of reflections the word Eve is calculated to bring up. Eve was the name or title conferred upon our first mother, because she was actually to be the mother of all the human beings who should live upon this earth. I'm looking upon a congregation designed to be just such beings. Brigham Young, Mill, Star, 31, 267. 63. If mortal woman can become an Eve to an Earth like this, and after peopling one Earth, there are millions of other Earths to become an Eve upon. It is evident that the mother of those spirit children would often come to Earth as an Eve, and who will be Adam? Her husband, of course, who is an exalted man. Hence, they were a god and a goddess consequently a faithful woman who gains her celestial resurrection will first bear spirit children then she will come down to an earth charging her system with blood to bear mortal tabernacles for those spirit children after she is the mother of all living in the spirit world she descends to become an even mortality where she will replenish the earth with her children so they too may gain mortality and dash and an exaltation president young continued to teach this doctrine to the women of the church now taking the history of creation as given by moses let me ask the question and dash mother eve did you not partake of the forbidden fruit as also did adam and thus bring sin and iniquity into the world oh yes says mother eve then why cannot you bear the affliction of it why not say If I was the cause of bringing evil into the world, I will firmly bear all that God puts upon me, and maintain his word and his law, and so work out my salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God working within me. I ask this question of you, Mother Eves, every one of you. If you are not sanctified and prepared, you ought to be sanctifying and preparing yourselves for the blessings in store for you and it will be said of you, this is Eve. Why? Because you are the mother of all living. You might as well prepare first as last. If you wish to be Eve's and mothers of human families, you ought to bear the burden. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses 12, 97, 64. These were strong evidences that every woman who gained her exaltation would at some time become an even her husband would become an Adam. Eve and Dash Immortal Eve and Dash came down to earth to become the mother of the race. How become the mother of the world of mortals except by herself again becoming mortal? How become mortal only by transgressing the laws of immortality? How only by eating of the forbidden fruit and Dash by partaking of the elements of a mortal earth in which the seed of death was everywhere scattered? All orthodox theologians believe Adam and Eve to have been at first immortal, and all acknowledge the great command, be fruitful and multiply. That they were not about to become the parents of the world of immortals is evident, for they were on immortal earth. Women of Mormonism, 197-98, other quotations by Brigham Young further substantiate the doctrinal basis of Adam as God and Eve the goddess. Our first parents brought death into the world. Through the death of Jesus Christ, life and immortality were introduced. That we may come forth with the same kind of body that Adam had before the fall, a body of immortal flesh and bones. Adam and Eve were immortal, the same as resurrected beings. After the redemption we will not only have the same kind of bodies that they possessed in the Garden of Eden before the fall, but we will have a knowledge of good and evil through our experience. Journal of Discourses 3, 344 There is only one gospel sermon the time that is required to preach it is from the day of the fall, or from the day when Adam and his wife Eve came here upon this planet. Journal of Discourses 3, 90. When Father Adam came to assist in organizing the earth out of the crude material that was found, an earth was made upon which the children of men could live. After the earth was prepared Father Adam came and stayed here, and there was a woman brought to him. Now I am telling you something that many of you know, it has been told to you, and the brethren and sisters should understand it. There was a certain woman brought to Father Adam whose name was Eve, because she was the first woman, and she was given to him to be his wife. I am not disposed to give any further knowledge concerning her at present. There is no doubt, but he left many companions. The great and glorious doctrine that pertains to this I have not time to dwell upon. Neither should I at present if I had time. He understood this whole machinery or system before he came to this earth. And I hope my brethren and sisters will profit by what I have told them. Journal of Discourses 16, 167 In Women of Mormondom there is a beautiful eulogy to Eve. The Supreme Unitarian conception is her, the Godfather and the Godmother. The grand unity of God is in the men dash in the divine fatherhood and divine motherhood and dash the very beginning and consummation of creation. Not in the Godfather and the God Son can the unity of the heavens and the Earths be worked out, neither with any logic of facts nor of idealities in them the Masonic Trinities, in the Everlasting Fathers, and the Everlasting Mothers the Unities of Creations. Our Mother in Heaven is decidedly a new revelation, as beautiful and delicate to the masculine sense of the race as it is just an exhorting to the feminine. It is the woman's own revelation of Our Mother in Heaven and dash coexistent and co-equal with the Eternal Father. This was left among the unrevealed truths, to the present age, when it would seem the woman is destined by providence to become very much the oracle of a new and peculiar civilization. The oracle of this last ground truth of woman's divinity and of her eternal mother as the partner with the father in the creation of worlds, is none other than the Mormon church. It was revealed in the glorious 66 theology of Joseph and established by Brigham in the vast patriarchal system which he has made firm as the foundations of the earth, by proclaiming Adam as our father and God. The father is first in name and order, but the mother is with him and dash these twain, one from the beginning. Women of Mormondom, 193-94, among the many new items of doctrine which were introduced to the church by Brigham Young was the marriage of Adam. According to President Young, Adam had a plurality of wives. Adam helped to make this earth. It was created expressly for him, and after it was made, he and his companion came here. He brought one of his wives with him, and she was called Eve, because she was the first woman upon the earth. There's news, June 18, 1873. When our father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body, and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. Journal of Discourses 150 When Brigham Young said Adam came into the Garden of Eden with one of his wives, he proclaimed a marriage under the eternal covenant and ashen ordinance which could have been performed only on another earth. Spirits cannot marry and have mortal children. Adam and Eve were once mortal and sealed by powers of priesthood on some other earth under all of the covenants of marriage. Then as resurrected beings, they reproduced spirit children. The fall is simple. Our immortal parents came down to fall, came down to transgress the laws of immortality, came down to give birth to mortal tabernacles for a world of spirits. Eve, then, came down to be the mother of the world. Glorious mother, capable of dying at the very beginning to give life to her offspring, that through immortality the eternal life of the 67 gods might be given her sons and daughters. Motherhood the same from the beginning even to the end. The love of motherhood passing all understanding. Thus read our Mormon sisters of the fall of their mother. Women of Mormonism, 197-98, whatever twists of interpretation or misquotes may be ascribed to Brigham Young's teachings about Adam, there certainly is no misunderstanding of his declaration of the office or title of Eve. When he told the latter-day Saint women that they would become Eve's to earth like this, he was fully explaining their mission as resurrected and exalted beings. He was saying that God descended to become an Adam, and his wife descended to become an Eve. The fall of Adam was also the fall of Eve. Their dissension was to give birth to mortal tabernacles for their spirit children to possess. Mother Eve is our goddess of heaven. 68 Chapter 7, Michael N-The Creator
3: Okay, so
1: that was the reader portion of the program. Kim, are you uh on?
4: Yep. Sorry, I pushed the wrong button. I pushed un speakerphone instead of un- Oh. <laughs> yep. Um I didn't have anything to add to that, did you? I told you it was a really short chapter.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, So I would like it if uh, when you're reading it, um, when you're done with whatever quote is uh, the last quote of the page or whatever it is, then uh, I can comment on each page. Um, But if I don't respond, it's probably because I am on the mine road. And uh, I'm almost to the mine, but there's some dead spots up here, so hi areas
4: <laughs> he's trying to show me a little uh i don't know what it is action figure thing I'm not sure, so then did you no. want me to just start on um the six page sixty eight or what did you where did you want me to start
1: oh i well okay, so the way the program's been for a while now is I do the reader program so that people don't okay. have to listen to my commentary, but they can hear what is being covered. Because some people don't want to uh-huh. hear my commentary. And then <laughs> after the reader program goes over or is over, then um, then I I read or you read or whatever, and then we have commentary along with the reading.
4: Oh, okay. Okay, oh, so I, I just and check switched to my, my headset. Gate. Yeah. Okay. So you want me to read Chapter Six, Eve, Mother of All Living, starting with Chapter Six or Page Sixty, sorry, not Chapter.
1: Yeah, and I'll just mute myself, okay. and then um, the one thing, one of the first quotes, is it talks about Elohim, Jehovah, and Michael, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I'll talk about it after you read the quote. Um, but I'll just mute okay. myself, you can go ahead.
4: Okay Uh, Chapter 6, Eve Mother of all living Few enough are the Spiritual references to precious women But among those mentioned Eve should be the most honored The mother of all living Of a world, performing the mission assigned to her With all the honor and dignity That it could be ascribed to her Brigham Young gives her more honor Than just being the first woman upon the earth For he spoke of her mission In the pre-existence Quote, this is from Brigham Young, L. John Nettle Journal, Volume 1, page 19. Quote, and Eve, our common mother, who is the mother of all living, bore these spirits in the celestial world, and then this earth was organized by Elohim, Jehovah and Michael, who is Adam, our common father. Adam and Eve had the privilege to continue the work of progress or progression. Consequently, came to this earth and commenced the great work of forming tabernacles for those spirits to dwell in. End quote from Brigham Young, L. John Nettle Journal Volume 1, page 19. Um, I'm thinking that was the quote you wanted to say something after, but you might be busy. Yeah, I'm here. Hold on.
1: Okay. Empty coming up. (laughs) Mm (laughs) <laughs> Could you hear the horn?
4: I can hear it, but can he can't, you can't because I put you on my headset.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I honk <laughs> my horn, just for the listening audience, um, my two-year-old gets really happy. <laughs> he loves it. Every time I go to work, he's all, Dad, go big, drive big truck.
3: He loves it. Yeah, anyway, like, um Yeah.
4: And when you're gone, he's always like, Daddy, drive his big one truck.
3: Yeah.
1: So um, one of the things that really uh, screws up an understanding of the Adam-God doctrine and the Temple Endowment really is the the roles of Elohim, Jehovah, and Michael and who they actually are. So the Elohim are... What we call gods in Hebrew is called Elohim or El. Um, they are the council of the exalted ones or the mighty ones. Um, so it was a council of the Elohim that sent Michael or sent Jehovah and told him to take Michael to create the earth. And they're under the direction of God, the eternal father who is Adam. Amen. So um, also, and I've said it a thousand times before, if you're just listening for the first time, um, Jehovah was understood in the beginning of the Restoration as the grandfather of Jesus Christ and the father of Michael, not Jesus Christ. Uh, That doctrine began to be changed around the 1880s, shortly after the death of Brigham Young, and uh, it's just not true. Jesus and Jehovah are two separate individuals. Um, and the only way, uh, the best, quickest way that I can really show that is in Ether Chapter 3, where Mohan Roy the brother of Jared, sees the spirit being of, of Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes to him as a spirit. And he says, never before have I showed myself unto man. So this is after the flood, around the time of the Tower of Babel. But Jehovah had appeared to many before the flood. So just in that one instance, we can see that Jehovah and Jesus Christ are two separate individuals. Also, after the flood, Jehovah and a couple of his angels that had still had a resurrected body because they were resurrected on our previous earth, they went and visited Abraham and they sat in his tent and they had a meal of meat and dairy with bodies. Jehovah had, has, still has a body. Um, but at the time, around the same time, Ray Moriyankumar. Sees Jesus and Jesus says this is this is my spirit body this is what I will look like when I come in the flesh because he had not yet come in the flesh so um, also the temple dedication prayer it, uh, the Kirtland dedication prayer if you go back and you read the original not the tampered version um, it actually talks about Jehovah being the, uh, the great-grandfather of Jesus or Jesus being the great-grandson or something to that effect but anyway so for some reason this began to be changed under the administration of John Taylor in the 1880s and then by the time James E. Talmage wrote the book Jesus Christ it's pretty much cemented
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the uh, the thoughts and doctrines of the church but um, but it's not true um, Doctrine and Covenant section 85 talks about how Jesus says he will have to send one mighty and strong to set the house of God in order, which implies it would become out of order. And uh, we know this is not um, Edward Partridge because in Isaiah chapter 28, it talks about the coming of the one mighty and strong who actually is the Davidic servant. And um, and he he it talks about how he would come among the drunkards of Ephraim, and there was a sign in the beginning of the Revelation that talks about. Uh, you can bring it up. Okay. Anyway, there was uh, a sign, uh, a sign for people to look for, and the sign was that wa- waves would heave themselves beyond their bounds. There's room for one. Anyway, um, and that happened in 2004, which, uh, interestingly enough um, – hold on here. I'm just writing down my – I'm getting loaded under the loadout right now. Um, in section 124, Jesus says uh, to Joseph Smith, build a temple whereby the Father, the Most High, can come to other end that he might restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away from the fullness of the priesthood. Um, Jesus says, uh, if you don't, basically if you don't do what I say, I'm going to reject the church. He gives a sign for to look forward. If, if they do what they're supposed to do, all these things are supposed to happen, and those things never did happen. And what will happen if they are disobedient? Uh, and all the signs that he said would happen for that, they that's what happened. And he said he would reject the church with their dead. Um, and he also said all they who hinder this work will uh, be cursed to the third and fourth generation and One generation uh, with the children of Israel with Moses. That's 40 years So 40 years times four is 160 years. Well, the revelation was given January of 1841 so you go out 160 years and that's 2001 and it was after that time period would be the time when the church would not be cursed anymore. And that would be the time when God would begin to work a ministry among the people, uh, among the saints that were awakened enough to realize that this is happening. the Davidic servant is coming. And, um, that is when I, in 2003, that's when I saw the father and received the fullness of the priesthood and was filled up to the father. So, um, Hold on here. Nine ground coming down. Next uh, one will be
0: 8,009.
1: Okay. Anyway, so, like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that the church doesn't want you to look at. And I think that we're all lucky that... um, but they didn't tamper with that because they've tampered with other things. They replaced Section 110 uh, and, and disregarded or took away a revelation and hid it. And they've hidden other things. They've hidden uh, First Division accounts and other things, too. And they reject the Adam-God doctrine. And um, it's sad because, you know, um, one of the, the top ten commandments, was that we should honor our father and our mother. And what dishonor it is for the truth of who Adam and Eve really are as our spiritual and physical parents that we dishonor them by, by rejecting the truth of the Adam God doctrine. And it's sad, it's really sad. Anyway, but that's why we're going over these things so people can know these things were taught. And they are true. So anyway, I'll mute myself. Did you have anything to say about any of that, Kim? Uh,
4: nope. I was just listening. Uh, sorry, Arius is taking pictures. You got your pictures? Um, okay, so I will continue reading. Surprising as this may sound, this doctrine solves a considerable mystery behind the very veil of creation. If Adam is the father of our spirits and bodies, it is only reasonable that Eve is the mother. From Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, quote, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living, end quote. Again, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Now we're on page 61. That she was the mother of all living was said of Eve before she had given birth to Cain and Abel or other mortal children. If she was called the mother of all living before she had any mortal children, it could only have reference to all of her spirit children. Chapter one of Genesis can apply only to the preexistence wherein Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over every living thing upon the earth. Eve was given the commandment to replenish the earth. Therefore, she must have had children first in the spirit world in order to replenish the earth or the world. To plenish is to stock up, and to replenish is to fill up again. Eve plenished the spirit world with spirit children, and then replenished the physical world with what with them once more as mortals. Then again in Genesis chapter three verse sixteen, quote, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, end quote, from Genesis chapter three, verse sixteen. How could her sorrow and conception be multiplied? unless she had already experienced them. In order to multiply a thing, it must first exist. As a resurrected being and mother of spirit children, she would be acquainted with the sorrow and conception, but in mortality, she was told that it would be multiplied. President Young confirmed this doctrine of Eve being the mother of our spirits, according to Nuttle, in L. John Nettle Journal, Volume 1, page 18 through 20, quote, Wednesday the 7th at Temple, I officiated as recorder at the font. President Young was filled with the Spirit of God and revelation and said, when we got our washings and anointings under the hands of the Prophet Joseph at Nauvoo, we had only one room to work in. He gave the keys, words, signs, and tokens, and penalties. These things of which I have been speaking are what are termed the mysteries of godliness, but they will enable you to understand the expression of Jesus made while in Jerusalem. This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Adam was an immortal being when he came on this earth and had begotten all the spirits that was sick to come. It says sick in parentheses, S-I-C, to come to this earth and Eve, our common mother, who is the mother of all living, bore those spirits in the celestial world. End quote from L. John Nettle Journal, Volume 1 page 18 through 20. Brigham Young Young taught that Eve was the mother of all the spirits and introduced the physical bodies of all the living, with all living. He made the following promise to the mortal mothers in Brigham Young's uh, Journal of Discourse, volume 8, page 208, quote, Many of the sisters grieve because they are not blessed with offspring. You will see the time when you will have millions of children around you. If you are faithful to your covenants, you will become mothers of nations. You will become eaves to earth like this. And when you have assisted in peopling one earth, there are millions of earths still in the course of creation. And when they have endured a thousand million times longer than this earth, it is only as it were the beginning of your creations. Be faithful and if you are not blessed with children in this time, you will hereafter. But I would not dare tell you all that I know about these matters. End quote from Brigham Young Journal of Discourse, Volume 8, Page 208. Before me, I see a house full of Eve. What a crowd of reflections! This world, or this word Eve, is calculated to bring up. Eve was the name or title conferred upon our first mother because she was actually to be the mother of all the human beings who should live upon this earth i am looking upon a congregation designed to be just such beings. that's from brigham young millennial star volume 31 page 267 and now we're on page 63 did you have anything that you wanted to add before i went on
1: I was just thinking about what I was talking about before real quick. I want people to know that um, the job and mission of the one mighty and strong, according to Isaiah chapter 28, uh, is first and foremost to teach they who have been weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. And what that means is that people who are ready for more than just the milk of the gospel, people who are ready for the meat of the gospel, there's stuff that the davidic servant who is the one mighty and strong does that um he leads in exodus and he restores the fullness of the priesthood uh well the opportunity to receive that and isaiah 35 talks about that uh, happening in the wilderness in the desert places uh and then the highways of the top of the mountains um but also um There was a sealing power that uh, Joseph Smith received when he had his calling and election made sure where he was sealed up to the father and given the sealing keys so that others could be sealed up to him, which creates a link between the children on earth to the fathers and mothers in heaven. Uh, And this is what uh, Malachi chapter 4, I believe, is talking about. Uh, it's not genealogy. Uh, genealogy is important, but that's not what he's talking about there. And um, we know that um, that uh, Joseph Smith talked about how all of God's children had to be sealed up to Father Adam because he is the first president of this earth as our Father. So um, we do have a caller on the line. Uh, not going to be taking any questions or comments until the end of the reading. And I will mute myself. And Kim, uh, go ahead and read. I'm going to bring them into the box and see if they uh, have anything that they wanted to ask that's per- that pertains to the reading. And then if they have any general questions, we're going to keep, uh, keep that until the end of the program. So I'll mute myself. Go ahead, Kim.
4: Okay, if mortal woman can become an Eve to an earth like this, then after peopling the earth, there are millions of other earths to become an Eve upon. It is evident that the mother of those spirit children would often come to earth as an Eve. And who will be her Adam? Her husband, of course, who is an exalted man. Hence, they were a god and a goddess. Consequently, a faithful woman who gains her celestial resurrection will first bear spirit children, then she will come down to an earth, charging her system with blood to bear mortal tabernacles for those spirit children. After she is the mother of all living in the spirit world, she descends to become an Eve in mortality, where she will replenish the earth with her children, so they too may gain mortality and an exaltation. President Young continued to teach this doctrine to the women of the church. In Brigham Young, Journal of Discourse, Volume 12, page 97, it says, quote, Now taking the history of creation as given by Moses, let me ask the question, Mother Eve, did you not partake of the forbidden fruit as also did Adam and thus bring sin and iniquity into the world, says Mother Eve, then why cannot you bear the affliction of it? Why not say, if I was the cause of bringing evil into the world, I will firmly bear that all that God puts upon me and maintain his word and his law, and so work out my salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God working within me. I ask this question of you, Mother Eve, every one of you. If you are not sanctified and prepared, you ought to be sanctifying and preparing yourselves for the blessings in store for you when it will be said it, of you this is eve why because you are the mother of all living you might as well prepare first as last if you wish to be eve and mothers of human fa- families you ought to bear the burden end quote from brigham young journal of discourse volume 12 page 97 and now we're on page 64 these were strong evidences that every woman who gained her exaltation would at some time become an eve and her husband would become an adam Eve, immortal Eve, came down to earth to become the mother of a race. How became, become the mother of a world of mortals except by herself again becoming mortal? How become mortal only by transgressing the laws of immortality? How only to be, by eating of the forbidden fruit, by partaking of the elements of a mortal earth in which the seed of death was everywhere scattered? All Orthodox theologians believe Adam and Eve to have been at first immortal, and all acknowledge the great command, be fruitful and multiply. That they were not about to become the parents of a world of immortals, as evident, for they were on a mortal earth. End quote from Woman of Mormondom, pages 197 through 98. Other quotations by Brigham Young further substantiate the doctrinal basis of adam as god and eve as goddess in general discourse volume three page 344 quote our first parents brought death into the world through the death of jesus christ life and immortality were introduced that we may come forth with the same kind of body that adam had before the fall a body of immortal flesh and bones adam and eve were immortal the same as resurrected beings after the redemption we will not only have the same kind of bodies that they had possessed in the Garden of Eden before the fall, but we will have a knowledge of good and evil through our experience, end quote. From Journal of Discourse, Volume 3, page 344. Also, Journal of Discourse, Volume 3, page 90 says, there is only one gospel sermon, and the time that is required to preach it is from the day of the fall, or from the day when Adam and his wife Eve came here upon this planet end quote journal discourse volume three page 90 and journal of discourse volume 16 page 167 quote when father adam came to assist in organizing the earth out of the crude material that was found an earth was made upon which the children of men could live after the earth was prepared father adam came and stayed here and there was a woman brought to him Now I am telling you something that many of you know. It has been told to you, and the brethren and sisters should understand it. There was a certain woman brought to to the father, Adam, whose name was Eve, because she was the first woman, and she was given to him to be his wife. I am not disposed to give any further knowledge concerning her at present. There is no doubt that he left many companions. The great and glorious doctrine that pertains to this I have not time to dwell upon, neither should I at present, if I had time. He understood this whole machinery or system before he came to this earth, and I hope my brethren and sisters will profit by what I have told them. End quote from General Discourse, Volume 16, page 167. In Two Woman of Mormondom, there is a beautiful eulogy to Eve, on page one ninety three through ninety four quote the supreme Unani- Unitarian conception is her the Godfather and the Godmother. the grand unity of God is in them in the divine Fatherhood and divine Motherhood. The very beginning and consummation of creation, not in the Godfather and the God Son can the unity of the heavens and the earth be worked out. Neither with any logic of facts nor ideologies or idealities in them the Masonic trinities in the everlasting fathers and the everlasting mothers, the unities of creations our mother in heaven is decidedly a new revelation as beautiful and delicate to the masculine sense of the race as it, it is just and exalting to the feminine it is the woman's own revelation of our mother in heaven coexistent and coequal with the eternal father this was left among the unrevealed truths to the present age when it would seem the woman is destined by providence or providence yes providence to become very much the oracle of a new and particular civilization the oracle of this last grand truth of woman's divinity and her eternal mother as the partner with the Father in the creation of worlds, is none other than the Mormon Church. It was revealed in the glorious theology of Joseph and established by Brigham in the vast patriarchal system which he has made firm as the foundations of the earth by proclaiming Adam as our Father and God. The Father is first in name and order, but the Mother with him, these twain, one from the beginning. End quote. From Woman of Mormondom, pages 193 through 94. Among the many new items of doctrine which were introduced to the Church of Brigham Young was the marriage of Adam. According to President Young, Adam had a plurality of wives. Among, or Adam helped, I'm sorry, this is from Desert News, June 18th, 1873. Quote, Adam helped to make this earth. It was created expressly for him, and after it was made, he and his companion came here. He brought one of his wives with him, and she was called Eve, because she was the first woman upon the earth. End quote. From Deseret News, June 18, 1873. And from Journal Discourse, Volume 1, page 50, quote, When our father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. End quote. "Journal of Discourse Volume 1 page 50. When Brigham Young said Adam came into the garden of Eden with one of his wives, he proclaimed a marriage under the eternal covenant, an ordinance which could have been performed only on another earth. Spirits cannot marry and have mortal children. Adam and Eve were once mortal and sealed by powers the priesthood on some other earth under all of the covenants of marriage." Then, as resurrected beings, they reproduce spirit children. The fall is simple. This is from Woman of Mormondom, pages 197 through 98. Quote, the fall is simple. Our immortal parents came down to fall, came down to transgress the laws of immortality, came down to give birth to mortal mortal tabernacles for a world of spirits. Eve then came down to be the mother of a world, glorious mother capable of dying, at the very beginning to give life to her offspring, that through mortality, the eternal life of the gods might be given her sons and daughters, motherhood the same from the beginning even to the end, the love of motherhood passing all understanding. Thus, read our Mormon sisters of the fall of their mother. End quote. From Woman of Mormondom, pages 197 through 98. Whatever twists of interpretation or misquotes may be ascribed to brigham young or brigham young's teachings about adam there certainly is no misunderstanding of his declaration of the office or title of eve when he told the latter-day saint women that he would become eve's that they would become eve's to earth like this he was fully explaining their mission as resurrected and exalted beings he was saying that God descended to become an Adam and his wife descended to become an Eve. The fall of Adam was also the fall of Eve. Their dissension was to give birth to mortal tabernacles for their spirit children to possess. Mother Eve is our goddess of heaven. And that's the end of that chapter. Uh, And now we'll be on chapter 68, which is the beginning of chapter seven. And it talks of Michael, the creator And that is an even smaller chapter than the one that we are reading tonight. Uh, Mark, are you there?
0: I don't think he is.
4: Yes, he probably is in the box um, talking with the other caller at present. Um, We can probably try to get a hold of him really quickly and see if he wanted to conclude anything else from the rest of that chapter.
0: I tried calling him and he didn't answer, so he's probably out of service.
4: Oh, yeah, he probably is out of service at this time. Well, um, I don't have anything to add to that, um, Emmett, unless if you do. Uh, Not really.
0: It seems
1: kind of short, though. Okay.
4: It is. It's a very short chapter. Tomorrow's is even shorter. (laughs) Um, Yep, I did um, have experiences. So when trying to get revelation for the first time, well, I wouldn't say it's the first time, but um, when I was trying to influence um, getting (laughs) information information, just having my own spiritual experiences and such uh, throughout my lifetime. I've had a lot of, um, you know, very spiritual experiences and being able to um, speak with the father and being able to have my prayers answered and uh, many, many other things. Um, One of the times that I was um, trying to receive revelation um, on my own Uh, I was actually on the phone with my husband, so I guess it wasn't on my own, but I was trying to, um, I was researching a lot and uh, trying to understand better um, revelation and receiving revelation for uh, myself and for um, my own family or children. Anyways, um, and so I was doing that. I did get revelation. I wrote it down. My husband also um at one time got revelation at that very moment for me as well um, and I'm not going to read that right now, but i'll remember the first time um getting revelation was um it was kind of it was difficult the first time was a little confusing and difficult for me at first um because it wasn't what I had had expected. It wasn't what I thought was supposed to happen. It was outside of the box or the realm of my ideas of what it was supposed to be like to get revelation. So I was unfamiliar. Um, however, I do remember having this feeling of um, peace, but also of an excitement as well. Uh, like I um, had um finally been listening or had my ears open to hear um, not only from the father but also the mother and um, know the love that comes from her as well. Uh, she is less talked about obviously and um, I feel like a lot of times that's because uh, people say it's out of respect um, to her. Um, but I, uh, it's so hard to formulate the words to know exactly how to put everything. But um, I, when I received revelation, I felt like part of it came from her and she was very excited that I had finally listened. She was excited that um, she was trying to speak to me and she was trying, she wanted to have that relationship, just like God wants to have a relationship with all of his children. And um Yeah, and so I feel like a lot of times we need to just have our ears open to listen because a lot of times I feel like we're too busy or um, we just – I think a lot of it is that we don't want to accept what is being told to us because we have, like I said, preconceived notions of how things are supposed to be and uh, or how we believe or feel that things are supposed to be, and so we're not really open to how it really is. or to, to being open to being taught something that is unfamiliar well, to us?
1: It's sad. Satan gets in there and he twists everything up. And uh, he doesn't want the truth uh, to be told. And anything that he can get his claws into, he will destroy. And that is why God, in these last days, As prophesied in the New Testament um, brings about a restoration of the fullness of time so that uh, truth can be told but Satan gets in there and he destroys it again so he tries to
4: Um, are you done with the reading Uh, yep we tried to get a hold of you several times
1: (laughs) I know I was talking to this individual um, about God the Eternal Father and the God. So uh, if you're ready for uh, this individual to come on and talk about these things, I am grateful for anybody, even if they disagree with me, to come on the air to talk about things that I would ask him uh, to quote whatever the scripture is that he's going to quote. and. Uh, to ask his questions and then give me time to respond and then he can respond to what I'm responding to him uh, with uh, statements and a question if he chooses to go on in that fashion so he's not an uh, he's not a he's not a, a person who believes Joseph Smith is a true prophet uh, he is a Christian and um, and he claims to know Greek and Hebrew and all these other things. But so, um, is it, uh, before I bring him on, is there anything, uh, anything else that you wanted to say about this chapter or your thoughts?
4: Nope. I'm all well done with that. That's good.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Did I Did you? Have about... Can you
4: still see my my messages to you?
1: Uh, where on uh, text messages oh
4: yeah i was just wondering if they popped up on your screen
1: oh well i'm the studio's on the tablet so i see that oh, okay. um can emmet run the studio
4: um i will ask him i'm not sure I have been he is listening oh, okay he said he has okay.
1: okay so he can bring this individual up uh area code 612
3: it. I got okay, it. Okay, go hold on.:
1: Okay, and uh, for the individual, uh, it'll tell you you're unmuted when you're unmuted, and before we begin our discussion and conversation, uh, I would appreciate it if you would tell me what state you're from and your first name. All right. Emmett, I got it.
0: Oh okay. Okay, I'm just find me out for some reason.
1: Okay. Uh, also, one other thing before we begin. Um, I am not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I'm an independent fundamentalist Mormon. And uh, the church doesn't teach these things anymore. So they have renounced these things. Uh, I believe in an effort to become more Christianized so that they can gain more members and more tithing and more money and more power so anyway um go ahead uh what is your first name and what state are you calling from
3: yes sir Uh, thank you for taking my call again and uh, my name is michael i'm calling from minnesota i know you and i have uh, already gone into in-depth discussion about whether or not there's another god other than god the father and jesus christ and so forth and so we, uh, we concluded that we were talking about whether or not the credibility of Joseph uh, Smith. And uh, the question I was asking you before we moved on was, Jesus warned the disciples that in, that in the last days there would be many false prophets that would mislead a large number of people. And I, I was going to ask you about Muhammad, and if you believe that he was a false prophet, or if you believe that he was a true prophet.
1: I don't believe Muhammad was any, in any way inspired by anyone other than the angel of light who is Satan that comes uh, okay. spreading his lies. So um, uh, you were talking about Isaiah chapter 42, if you would uh, go over
3: that real quick. Yeah, if you'd like to, or I don't know if you wanted to move on because we already had talked about that, but yeah, that's you. You'd like. mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So the it's reason I, I see the question about, about about Muhammad and why that pertained to it was that if Jesus warned us that there would be many false prophets and that they would deceive a large number of people and even potentially to elect themselves, and if we have an, a precedent of an individual by the name of Muhammad who could deceive more than you know billions of people on earth today, would it be even possible in your mind that Joseph Smith might also be a false prophet similar to Muhammad and that he's deceiving people?
1: Well, uh, my history is that I do come from uh, an LDS family. Um, I left the faith uh, as a teenager and became a uh, born again Southern Baptist and became very anti-Mormon. And believed believe that Joseph Smith was deceived by an angel of light the same way I believe Muhammad is deceived by an angel of light. And that at a time in my life when, um, I had fallen off of, you know, I, I just, I became very anti-Mormon, anti-God even, um, and I became a drug addict and I became, uh, very hostile towards God and I was, uh, trying to commit suicide in 1996 and my friend found me and they rushed me to the hospital before I died. And after I was released from the hospital, I wrote God a letter and I told him that if he would heal me and show me the truth, I would serve him for the rest of my life. Um, it was about, it was like a week or two after that, two LDS missionaries showed up on my doorstep. I was nice to them, but I did not want to hear what they had to say. Uh, after them coming and talking to me for about three weeks, mm. On my doorstep, I finally let them in, and they taught me about Joseph Smith. And uh, I was I was born into the LDS Church, but my family was very inactive. My mom was anyway. Um, but um, I, so I knew some things anyway. But Joseph Smith, uh, they they taught me about Joseph Smith and how how he had questions and how he went to different churches. And how one church would like disagree in doctrine with another church, and how it, they were all very convincing, and that he eventually found James chapter one verse five, which says, if 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 you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give you it." So he went to God and in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and asked which church he should join, and that's when the father and the son appeared to him and told him not to join any church. Basically, that they were all apostate, that they all draw near to him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him, and that sort of thing. Anyway, so um, when I um, felt a, a spirit of peace, and after they left, I went to God, and I asked God, in the name of Jesus Christ, if... Joseph Smith was really his prophet. And when I and if the Book of Mormon was true. And as as um as I was asking the Holy Spirit entered into my body at the top of my head, descending down through my whole body like hot oil. And I heard angels singing praises to God. It had a very profound spiritual experience and at that same instance I was completely healed of all of my drug addictions. so for me oh, to consider God. I'm sorry I I'm almost
3: to the point where
1: it okay it shouldn't no, break I, up I, I just
3: I just said praise God I, I didn't I didn't I wasn't trying to say anything I was just happy that you got healed so um,
1: so God put me on the path. I went back to the LDS church, became a missionary, and I was completely healed, which was when I asked God in that letter that I wrote him, you know, that if he would show me the truth and heal me, I would serve him for the rest of my life. So that was in 96. In 97, I went on a mission for the LDS church, and I began my studies. And that led me eventually out of the church in 2013 uh, because I saw the apostasy of the LDS church uh, going away from the restoration that Joseph Smith did restore. And that's why I do these radio programs now, but I could never deny because of that that, circumstance and because of thousands of other circumstances, I know without, without a doubt that God, our Father, lives and that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer and that He died for us after paying for our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane and built that upon the cross and broke the bands of death. So, um, now I don't accept Brigham Young or any of these other leaders who proclaim to be prophets, seers and revelators, uh, but I do know that God does call prophets. And that everybody who does go to God, as James chapter one verse five suggests, can receive revelation from God with the wisdom that He uh, that He gives through the Holy Spirit, and that we should all become prophets. And that I know that there are many false prophets, uh, and I would say that the leaders of the LDS Church are false prophets. But I would also say that the false prophets and the false teachers that uh, are listed in Matthew chapter 24 are behind every single pulpit in every church around the world whether they are Christian or any other religion because the whole world is in gross darkness and deceived and in order to come out of that deception which received, which when we believe the lies of false doctrine we receive strong delusion that when we might be damned because we don't love the truth enough to go to god to find out what the truth is um that we need to go to god individually and not trust in the arm of flesh which all of these false pro- prophets and teachers are whatever but that but god also talks about how he would send a prophet in the book of romans and he talks about two prophets in the streets of jerusalem in the last days so you know, like, you, if you're going to throw every single prophet that comes along under the bus because of Matthew chapter 24, you're probably going to reject the two witnesses when they
3: come as well. I wouldn't say that, but I have a similar story to yourself. I was a pretty hardcore atheist. I hated religion, hated Christians. In September or August 2009, I was in my home, going through a difficult time in my life, and I asked God, I didn't even ask God. A thought came to my mind and reminded me of the story of Solomon I read as a child where Solomon asked God to give him wisdom, and that's what I did. I got down and I asked God to give me wisdom, and I heard a voice speak, and it called me wicked. And when it said wicked, I got upset on my sofa, and I was just stunned trying to figure out where his voice came from. And all of a sudden, I see this screen pop up before me, and I see my whole life play out. I see every time I lied, every time I cheated, every time I wronged my parents, every time I hurt somebody, and I thought, oh, I saw the totality of every evil thing i had done in my life. And at that point, for the first time ever, I, I got down and I asked God to forgive me of all my sins because I felt this weight of sin on me. And as I'm down on my knees saying that, my whole living room disappears, and I'm in this empty white expanse, so I could describe it as. And above me is a blue sky, and there's this cloud, and this cloud comes down, and there's this being standing on top of it, and he's looking down at me. And he, I could describe him as having... I couldn't see his face because his face was a shining light. It looked like the sun. And he had these white robes that were the most cleanest white. They were, like, shining. They were glowing. They were so beautiful.
0: Brilliant. And as he's
3: looking at me, yeah, brilliant, basically. And he's, he's, when he looks at me, I, look, I feel like I'm completely naked before him because I can sense that he knows everything I'm thinking. He knew everything I'd ever done and that I could not hide anything from him. And I was aware of the fact that he knew everything about me. And I could sense the power that he had. And right in my mind, before the, I could even come to try to verbalize, just come to the question of saying, "Who are you?" or "Who is this?", he responded directly to my mind, and the answer came: "I'm Jesus Christ." And when he said that, I thought I was scared at that point because I knew a little bit at that point that Jesus punishes sinners, and my, you know, I already had seen my life, so I knew I was guilty. I thought he was going to kill me. I was scared. I because he was so holy, I didn't want to be in his presence. I was because he was so clean, and I was I was dirty. Because when I looked down at myself, when I had my head down, I saw that everything on me was dirty, that it was black, that it was dingy. It was like I was staining the environment around it. and I wanted to get away from him. And so as I'm facing so myself, quick, thinking he's about to kill me. Go ahead.
1: Isaiah talks about how all of our righteousness is as unclean menstrual rags before God. Like, yeah, sure. even the most... The most holy and devout individuals are still dirty in the eyes of God, except for that Jesus Christ paid for our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane and filled it up on the right. cross for those who will accept Him as, as
3: as our Lord and Savior. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I, just, I didn't I didn't know any of this up at the time when this was happening, but now I was totally unaware of any of that. And so when I thought literally. I was bracing myself for impact. I thought he was going to kill me and send me to hell. He starts to approach me like the crowd that he's on starts to descend and he starts to get closer to me. And the only thing I could describe it as, it was like liquid love flowed from him, like love came from him. It, it hit me, and it, like, spilled my being, and it surrounded me. And I felt like I was in this ocean of just love and forgiveness, acceptance, peace, joy, all these wonderful things. And this was the only time I, could, I, I said anything in his presence. And I literally said to him, Lord, how can you love me? Because I knew how evil I was and how unworthy I was of him. And it didn't make sense that he would love me. And when I said that to him, it's like more love came from him. And I kept repeating that to him again and again. And every time I would say that to him, more love, more forgiveness will come from his presence. And when I got up, I all of a sudden, like, I don't know how long it was, but eventually I was back in my living room on my knees crying. And I give up and I'm a totally different person. Before that, I used to, every other word in my mouth used to be a cuss word. I used to hate people. I used to run the streets of my brother who were drug dealers with a gun on my waist. I was engaging in all types of stuff. And, you know, I was the last person on earth that would be considered righteous or living for God. And I was a totally different person. I didn't want to do any of those things anymore. All I wanted to do was read the Bible and pray. And everything I learned about God was reading the scriptures. And it was like it was a lie. And every time I would sit down in my room to pray or read, I could feel him coming to the room and he was like, he'd be right there. And I'd have to sit on the floor and read the Bible because whenever his presence went into the room, I couldn't, I, I had to be on the floor. I couldn't be sitting on a chair or anything because it just, I don't know, if you've been in his presence, you know what I'm talking about. You can't be in a high position around him. But the point I'm trying to get to with all this is that people can have these spiritual encounters and come to certain conclusions. That doesn't necessarily mean that What I'm saying is a fact. But when it comes to the actual issue of whether or not someone's a prophet, Jesus told the disciples, the way you can know someone's true or not is you know them by their fruits. You'll know them by how they live. How someone lives will show you whether or not they truly live for God or they're really a man of God because if they are, they're going to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. And so when you look at someone like Muhammad, Muhammad was a womanizer. He was a murderer. He was a rapist. He was a slave owner. And we see by the way that he lived, we know that he's not from God because he was not walking in the spirit, but he was walking in the flesh. Similarly, when I approach Joseph Smith, I see the fact that he was engaging in lustful behavior, lusting after other men's wives, engaging in sexual activity with other men's wives, convincing men to divorce their wives to allow him to marry them. He married a multitude of women, which showed that he was not walking in the spirit because if he's walking in the spirit, he wouldn't be lusting after all these women in the first place. And we can see by his behavior, this is not even getting into his doctrine. By his behavior alone, it shows that he's not from God. So with that, if you'd like to respond, go ahead, sir.
1: Yeah, I'll respond. Um, So uh, let's see here. All right, if God chose to call a prophet in these last days, what do you think Satan would try to do about that?
3: All right, so say that last part
1: again. What, what would Satan do if God chose a prophet to give a message? I mean, for yourself, you probably have witnessed to individuals that you had this experience. How does the heathen world
3: respond to your witness Mm -hmm. oh the same way they responded to jesus witness with hatred and rejection
1: Uh uh-huh and did they do they lie against you and did they lie against jesus
3: of course but what they're saying isn't true though that's the difference so when they Mm accuse jesus what they said about him wasn't accurate what i'm talking about is something that we know for a fact to be true joseph smith engaged in lustful sexual behavior with other women. He convinced Mm -hmm. some of his followers to divorce their wives to allow him to marry them because he was lusting after them. There's no example anywhere in Scripture where we see any of the men of God or the women of God, anyone that was following the Lord, that was so full of lust that they would convince someone that they needed to divorce their wives so that he could marry them. Now, by the way, that's something that Muhammad did as well. Muhammad had lusted after one of his followers' wives, and convinced him that he needed to divorce her so he could marry her. And he did it again with one of his adopted sons who he married, married a woman that he was attracted to. And he told them the same thing. So we see the similarities between Joseph Smith and Muhammad where they were all about marrying a lot of women, which both of them did. Mm -hmm. They advocated for that and they convinced their followers that they're, that if they were married to a woman that they were attracted to, to divorce them and allow them to marry them.
1: Okay. Uh, now, um, if Joseph Would you not did say that that's that
3: sinful behavior?
1: I don't believe Joseph did those things.
3: Okay, that's right. I mean, you may just may not be aware of it, but it, it's, it's true. I am aware of it.
1: Like I said, I was an anti-Mormon Baptist, and even after my conversion, I studied anti-Mormon literature and continued to study it because I'm trying to understand where people are coming from with what they're saying. So I know all about these accusations. But I also know that if Jesus, or that Joseph Smith did those things, that he would have had children with these other women. And there were those who proclaimed to be his children. However, the RLDS Church, which is a break-off out of Nauvoo of the LDS Church, they, um, they did a study to try to disprove Joseph Smith's polygamy, and they found mm-hmm. that everybody who proclaimed to be a child or a descendant of Joseph Smith through those polygamous unions, their DNA did not have Joseph Smith's DNA. And that to this point, we do not know of any who actually were descendants of Joseph Smith through that polygamy.
3: So if he did those things... So are you saying things, that, he didn't do, that he didn't engage in polygamy? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: And what I'm also trying to tell you, there, there's something called the sealing power. Peter, Jesus talks about the sealing power that, that he would give to Peter. Uh, he also gave that to Joseph Smith, and people misunderstand
3: oh, what
0: that is. How do you know
3: that? <laughs> that's, that's a how pretty do cool I know why?
0: That, piece, that piece
3: Jesus gave that He gave that power to Joseph Smith?
1: Okay, well, he gave it to Peter. James. Well, okay, Peter. we know we he gave,
3: gave it to Peter because the Scripture it says that. I'm just trying to know, well, where did you get this idea that he gave it to Joseph Smith? Other than Joseph well, Smith told you that.
1: Well, if you lack wisdom, you ask God and I have asked God, so that's how I know that,
3: but it, well, you know, I mean, just because the spirit the... Just because the Spirit says something, doesn't say Because I'm, I mean, have you ever dealt oh. with demons at all or have you ever dealt with, oh, with spirits yeah. at all? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, yes. Okay. So, um... I have had similar experiences like you in 2003. I saw the father and the son face to face. So I understand what you're talking about. I'm I'm talking
3: about, I'm talking about dealing
1: with the human. I'm getting to that, I'm I'm getting to that. Yeah. Satan has also tried to appear to me as an angel of light and I can't understand how anybody would ever accept him because the spirit that I felt was the spirit. It was the exact opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, which is talked about in Galatians chapter 5, 22, and 23. Um, I have dealt with demons as well. Uh, in fact, my wife can talk about how I've been attacked. pushed pushed down into the, uh, into the bed that I was on. I've been scratched and I've been bitten. Yeah, I've dealt with demons. Because okay. when, when you have the truth, Satan will do everything he can to come against you and try to destroy you. So yeah, I've dealt with that, but I've also dealt with God and with angels and with receiving revelations and being a witness.
3: So getting back to the healing power. Um, before, before we move on about the demons, okay? Because I've had the exact same thing done to me as far as the scratching, the paralysis, different things in the manifestations, but I've even gone deeper into that with dealing with them. Now, they have have orders and they have a structure, right? They have their own kingdom, just like Jesus talked about. Now, within that, there's levels. So Mm -hmm. demons operate on different levels. So there are ones that are higher levels that can manifest in ways that can make someone think that you're talking to God or think that that's the Holy Spirit or think that that's something that's coming from the Lord because they can manufacture the same type of feelings, of peace well, and no. euphoria and warmth. Saying, well, yeah, euphoria I'm, I'm and them.
1: excitement and
3: excitement. Exactly. And, and warmth but and peace, everything. They so, do how the same is thing.
1: It, so this really makes me sad when people talk about this because how
3: is it that you can know truth? Because the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only way you can know anything.
1: Uh uh-huh. And if Satan can imitate the Holy Spirit, how do you know that the truth that you've received is from him or from God?
3: Very easy. You'll know it by whether or not you have victory over sin. Because Jesus said, where the Spirit is, there's liberty. If you have the real Holy Spirit with you, you will have victory over lust of the eyes. So you'll be able to keep your eyes from looking at lust of a woman. You'll, but be what to, is you'll, the be you'll be able to take stock captives in your mind. You'll be able to genuinely love and forgive people that wronged you. So if, if, mm-hmm. if, if your actions, whether in your thought life, in your intentions, in your secret life, in how you conduct yourself, does not show that you're bearing fruit, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's how you know.
1: Okay, but there are many Christians throughout the world, including Mormons, who live very fruitful lives. But they all believe many false doctrines. So how do you dis- differentiate between one or the other if Satan can come and deceive you appearing and manifesting himself as the Holy Spirit then what, how how are we not all lost okay it's great. Every, remember one of us
3: right but because okay let's look at what Jesus confronted the Pharisees remember he told them that outwardly they look righteous but inwardly they're full of them and so a lot of people in society including a lot of Christians will look righteous. They'll look like they're these righteous, god forgiven people. But in reality, inside, they're not. In private, they're not. What they do when no one's looking is not. How they think is the thoughts that they have going through their mind, the, their, their mm-hmm. unforgiveness or bitterness towards people. There's a lot of people that, that you would think are some of the most righteous and godly people, but inwardly they're full of all kind of evil. So what you, well, just how you following. look doesn't mean anything. Well, not everyone. They are they're genuinely, genuinely follow God. That are full of the Holy Spirit, that walk in His ways. There's a, there's actually a lot of people that do that. The only difference is you uh-huh. little person. I'm talking about. I uh,
1: I don't hear him anymore. Do you guys hear him? No, I don't
4: him. hear him. I don't. I can't know. hear him.
0: It it's uh
1: it shows that he's still in the studio. Uh, you're breaking up for about uh fifteen seconds. Yeah, I'm sorry.
3: Can you can you hear me now or I can hear you guys clearly. Yes. Yes. Okay, am I, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, I might be at the reception I'm driving through I apologize. But no, I was just saying like as far as for your own personal knowledge, whether or not you have the Holy Spirit with you or not, you'll know it whether you have victory in sin and by sin I'm not just talking about the outward thing because even ungodly people can do that. I'm talking about the sins yeah. inwardly, and sins of your intention, the sins of wanting, for example, wanting to gain the approval of man, so where you see people all the time, they'll go out and do good things to okay, gain people's approval, but when mm-hmm. in secret, you know, they're, they're full of all kind of maliciousness, so for example, if you engage in gossip, you're, you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you lust after other women in your heart and mind, you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you have unforgiveness or any bitterness in your heart, you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't love people, especially people that do you wrong, then you don't have the Holy Spirit flat out, period. There's no other right. way around That's how you'll know. That's why most people today, they're not really born again. They say that they mm-hmm. are, but they're not. That's why most, I mean, I would agree with you when you try to say the apostate church. To a certain degree, that's true. Most people today that call themselves Christians are fakes. They're not real.
0: That's yeah, a social so I can,
3: I can understand where, where I can understand where Joseph Smith was coming from, from that standpoint. But now we're talking about Joseph Smith went to a different level. He wasn't about just.
1: It's breaking up again. There's a
3: wife. He said, well, I'm sorry. Okay. He went on to say Hold that on, God on. has a wife, that uh-huh. God has other, that, that there's other spiritual beings, that God Elohim is a descendant of another God from another planet, and that this other God, oh, God from another planet had a spiritual treasure with his wife. I mean, this is a whole—now you're going into a whole different thing. Well, And my point to you on, on our point was there's nowhere in the Old and New Testament that has any reference of God's wife, of God's owning other planets, or well, that the well, we God that we worship came from some other God. We talked about how the Jews before the Babylonian
1: captivity actually accepted Ashura as the wife of God.
3: Oh, so are you? Are you? Are you uh, now saying that Ashteroth was the wife of God? Are you? Are you? Are you saying that now? Are you saying that a pagan goddess was his wife? Well, what I said before was that the Babylon uh, before the Babylonian
1: captivity, the Jews accepted those things, but then later on, that they were adopted by the
3: pagans, and twisted and destroyed. And that, well, no, but, no, no hold on. We're, we're talking about Ashteroth specifically. She was a pagan goddess. That was worship in Babylon that came it came through that whole area the minute the the uh, Euphrates region. That whole worship of her and her what was her son's name? Uh Baal all the name. No, not Baal, but she had another name for her son that they uh it's also the T. or something but it's Hamlos. thank you, that's it. So now so that that's a whole different being. Now nowhere in the scripture, mm-hmm. old and New Testament is any reference to God having a wife. Just because the, the, the Jews engaged in pagan practices, that doesn't, that, that doesn't prove anything.
1: That's why there had to be a restoration, because over the period of this Earth's history, as God has, uh, has given these mysteries to the children of men, Satan has taken them and destroyed them and turned them into something else, which is what the pagans did.
3: Yeah, but I understand that. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Old and New Testament, of the Scripture, which I'm assuming you believe are there... is the Word of God, correct? Do we have
1: anything from the teachings of Jesus Christ during his 40-day ministry after the resurrected time
3: period? Are you saying that because we, we don't have everything he taught that that's possible, that what Joseph Smith is saying is true? Well, absolutely,
1: because there are many mysteries of God that are not in the Scriptures that you have.
3: Okay, so what we have in the New Testament, for example, is that everything that you would need to know to live a godly life and walk the narrow path to enter the kingdom of heaven?
1: Absolutely. This stuff that I'm talking about now was restored by the prophet Joseph Smith, but it is
3: not required for believing
0: to receive exactly. the
3: salvation of Jesus Christ. So, thank you. So that's what we're getting back to. Now we're getting back to the credibility of Joseph Smith, because, again, this is the same argument that Moses made with Muhammad. Which is this idea that this this person who came way after the fact has a more accurate account of what Jesus said and taught than the actual disciples who lived and witnessed what he said, which is what we have in the testament.
1: But we don't so, have all of, that was written by Jesus Christ in John chapter, the last chapter of well, John. I, I didn't say we have everything. I suppose I didn't say we have something. I know, but but if God chooses to send a prophet to the earth to reveal the mysteries of God and who He is then uh, if we're a Christian, we don't accept that because we have the false interpretations of revelations in Deuteronomy where it says not to add to well, or take well, away I, from it I,
3: I said that there's prophets. I've, I've encountered prophets in, in my life a lot. I, I don't believe, I, I'm not wanting to say that there's such thing as real prophets. I just take, I just mm-hmm. take Jesus' warning, because did he not warn that there would be false prophets and did he not warn us to judge them by their fruit? Isn't that what he told us?
1: And the whole world is full of false teachers and false prophets.
3: Exactly. So that, that lets you know. By de- that lets you know, every Christian is supposed to be skeptical of anybody that claims to be a prophet. Well, yeah, ways, to judge them, correct? What
1: is it? Paul talked to the. Um, oh, I can't remember, but he told them. He told them to test everything. He told Timothy, test, test the spirits, for thereby many false prophets have gone out into the land.
0: Amen. You know, uh,
3: and, and would so, you not agree that that's what happened to Muhammad? You already said that, right? So Muhammad claimed that the angel Gabriel appeared to him. And in his own testimony, mm-hmm. he said he was, was on the mountain, in a cave, and this being appeared to him, told him yeah. to recite what he told him. And that's what he claimed. Now, you and I would both agree that that was obviously not from God and that was not the angel Gabriel and that was a demon, right? Well, yeah, and then you see what happened
1: in his life afterwards. He did all these wicked things as a prophet, and let yeah, the and people stray from who? He even let the people stray from who? that's the same thing Joseph Jesus You
3: could say about Joseph Smith. I mean, yeah, Joseph Smith, I mean, Smith. he was, I mean, you would even acknowledge he didn't, live, he didn't live a squeaky clean life. You would at least acknowledge that, right? Well, You're no, he doesn't. didn't say he was.
1: He, no. Um, the LDS Church tries to whitewash him, but he drank alcohol. um smoked exactly. cigars. He got yep. in fist fistfights.
3: You know, womanized, womanized, you
1: You say that he says, or you say that the anti-Mormons who come up with these claims that he womanized are true. And I'm telling you that if he did those things, that there would be descendants with DNA from Joseph Smith, uh, from the children that he had when he had sex with all of these women and did all these things that these people claimed that he did. And I'm telling oh, okay. you that they have searched for them, and they do not exist. The only okay, my, my, my my children he had children with. My question is, there nothing to do with the children? Uh,
3: okay, I'm not but, asking but about whether he had children evidence. with them. That would be the evidence. No, but evidence I'm asking. He did okay, but things. so I understand. So are you saying that he did not engage in polygamy? That he didn't have a bunch of wives? He only had one wife? No, he was killed to many individuals, both men and women,
1: which was the point to the sealing powder that was given to Peter, Joseph Smith was given that same sealing power, and that the sealing power, through that sealing power, he was sealed to many men and women. But they okay, were not now this, sexual in
3: nature. Brigham
1: Young twisted that.
3: Okay, so you're looking Okay, so you're at least going to acknowledge that Brigham Young engaged in polygamy, correct? At least you're going to acknowledge that? Absolutely. And, and, okay. and
1: one of the ways that we know that Brigham Young was not a true prophet was because even though the Torah talks about, um, about how to live polygamy, how to have multiple wives, it also says that multiplying wives is a sin, and he told God told us not to do that. Well, Brigham Young did that. He did that. He had thirty or forty or fifty or whatever, which was yeah, multiplied one, which was anti-Torah. That was against what the Torah, what God instructed in the Torah. But we also see in the book of Isaiah that that in the last days, that seven women will take hold of one man, and there is, you know, and then in the Torah,
3: whoa, said, whoa, many whoa, of the whoa, whoa, bro, come on now. That was that was slick. That was a good job by that. That's you know that passage is not talking about it's talking about polygamy in that context. That was talking about the judgment the guy was gonna do on Israel and that the women well, would be yeah. in such shame and disrepute that no one would want to marry them. That that, that had nothing to do with polygamy than or, what you're trying to present. Well
1: well, well um, okay. <laughs> I can accept your remember it, talk, it talks it
3: about how it talks about how they were bald and that they had a stink yeah. on them. Well and there that, was, there and that there God was, was gonna do that to them.
1: There's yeah. something that Isaiah saw where there wasn't men, but then that the women were even cursed.
3: Right, and but that that, I mean, were, that, that's what it's talking about. It's not, it's not God's endorsement on polygamy. Clearly, that's not what. That but it's God already about.
1: endorses polygamy in Deuteronomy, and the fact that Abraham had multiple wives, Jacob had multiple wives, many Gideon. Many of the prophets and patriarchs of the Old Testament had multiple wives, but they
0: didn't have...
3: Yeah, but that's that's in the Old Covenant. That's not the covenant we're in now. In the New Testament, the
0: Scripture is clear that
3: that, that a man of God that's serving the Lord is supposed to be the husband of one wife.
1: Oh, well. (laughs) You know, um, the Catholics, when Rome hijacked the Christian church, they added many things and altered Scripture. Uh, so, oh, so like no,
3: don't don't, 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 don't play the Muslim to, game. You have to. Come on. You Are you, you're going to tell me that the New Testament to, is corrupted? Have, absolutely. It is corrupted. Oh, my goodness. And that's goodness. why Sir, there had I'm, to be I'm a restoration. I'm a scholar in manuscripts, man. How could you possibly oh. make that argument?
1: Then you should but, know that that happened. Let's. okay, one instance. This is the one I like oh, to use the most. Okay,
3: go okay, ahead. Okay,
1: is it scripture that women should be silent in the churches?
3: Yeah, that's well. It depends on how you define them, but that's that's a letter of Paul. Okay. I would go if you want to use that argument. But I see where
1: mm-hmm. you're going with it. Yes, and in the earliest manuscripts before the third and fourth century, it is not found anywhere in the scripture.
3: What, it was what's added the earliest, by the Catholic What's the, early, what's the earliest date? Okay, now 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 you kind of outed yourself when you made that statement because when was it kind of a Church formed? Well, it depends on who you ask, but there were councils
1: of Nicaea in the 300s. Right, but that's
3: Uh, not the Catholic Church. When was the Catholic Church formed? What century? Depends on who you ask, and depends on what scholar of history you ask. It's historical facts here. It's it's pretty well known. I mean, you're you're referring to bishops that met at councils. That's not the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, as an organization began end of the 4th century, into the 5th century. That's when they started. This is, this, is, this is well after the Council of Nicaea. Well, so the Council of Nicaea,
1: any, what I'm trying to tell you is the early Christians, they kept the Torah. They lived what God had commanded. Jesus Christ said, I come not to do away with one jot nor tittle of the law or the Torah. He said he came to, to fulfill the uh, law, which means in the Hebrew mindset, which if you understand Hebrew, to fulfilled Torah means that you live it perfectly, which is what Jesus Christ
3: did. Yeah, that's if you're a Jew. A Christian, a Jew, not not for a Gentile. If, Gentiles, the, if the Acts Christian, chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 dealt with the matter of whether or not Gentiles have to obey the Mosaic law. Okay, that's oh God. Are you, are you, are you, me you that talking Acts about? 10, are you talking
1: about the unclean animals?
3: No, I'm talking about the the debate that rose up. I remember because the Pharisees who were becoming believers. We're demanding that the Gentiles be circumcised and keep the laws of Moses. It's Acts chapter 10. And the, yeah. the dispute was rising up to the, to the apostles. They met with Paul and Barnabas. They had a discussion. The Holy Spirit came. And the, the conclusion that they made was that Gentiles were not obligated to keep the law of Moses. They were supposed to refrain from four key things. One, so talking about consumption no of blood. No now, I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit showed the apostles, what the Gentiles are supposed to do in Acts chapter 10. You can read it for yourself. It's not... This is not just the opinion of men. This is the Holy Spirit determined what's supposed to happen. They are supposed to refrain from consuming blood, the meat of strangled animals, meat sacrificed to idols, and sexual immorality. So Gentile Christians are under no obligation to keep the Mosaic laws. The The only obligation they have is to keep the moral laws that are outlined in the New Testament. That was clearly determined by the apostles and the Holy Spirit.
1: In a crappy spot right here, but I'm almost okay, out no. of it.
3: Uh, I, I can hear you now.
1: Okay, so, um, uh, so we don't have to. Okay, so um Jesus Christ, he taught specifically from the Old Testament, the Tanakh. Everything that he taught right. was from the Torah. Yeah, Everything but who he was he teaching? He
3: was, teaching he was only te- he was only teaching Jews, right? So he he was not teaching Gentiles. So the Gentile issue was solved by the apostles in Acts chapter ten.
0: So because there were no Gentile, that,
3: there right? were no there were no Gentile believers when the Lord was on earth and His ministry on earth. There were no He didn't have any Gentile followers. Everyone oh, that he was did. with Him was a Jew. So he didn't, and That's there's nowhere exactly. in there where it says. You're talking about when he had encounters with Roman soldiers and he healed people. I'm talking about when he was teaching the things of, the, of God, word, the word of God itself. He was in synagogues, or he was out pre- speaking to Israelites. He was not mm-hmm. talking to Gentiles.
1: Okay, well so, you've uh, be, if you got to be. If you're if you you're a Jewish
3: if you're a Jewish Christian who believes in Jesus, obviously yes, you're supposed to still keep the laws of Moses. You still have a, a you're still obligated to do that. But Gentiles are under oh. no obligation for that.
1: Interesting. So you expect to go to to heaven and enter into the gates of heaven as a Gentile?
3: No. What I'm saying is that because I'm a Gentile, I was not born into the Mosaic law. I wasn't born into that covenant. Jews are okay. born into that covenant. Because they're born into it, they have an obligation. But you adopted birth. into the house of Exactly. So, so in, in Isaiah 56, in Gentile. In Isaiah,
1: Yeah, but
3: the law, the laws of Moses, the laws of Moses have always been voluntary for Gentiles. For example, Isaiah chapter fifty-six, God says that any Gentile that decided to keep the Sabbath or honor His laws or hold His covenant, He would give them a, a memorial in the name above His sons and daughters, which are the children of Israel, because Gentiles would choose to do it voluntarily. They're not obligated to do it, which is why any Gentile Testament that, that did. Take well, how do you know things.
1: you're not from the children of Israel?
3: How do you know that you're not a blood descendant I know, I know that because because the Holy Spirit has shown that to me. I know that. I mean, it's not. I mean, the Holy oh. Spirit leads you and guides you into all truth. You don't need you don't need any man to teach you anything. The Holy Spirit is going to let you know what's the reality and what's going well, on. Well, yeah,
1: and that that should be the way everybody is taught. They should hear the prophet. They should read what the prophets have to say. And they should go to God and find out if it's true through a confirmation of the Holy Spirit which is uh, Well you you, you know, the Holy
3: Spirit first and then the Holy Spirit lets you know lead you to the Word of God and the yeah, Holy Spirit lets you give you to discern to the discernment to know.
1: Spirit. There were Christians well, yeah, we in the early that. church that apostatized and in fact Paul even or Peter I think talks about the apostasy of the church.
3: Okay, we already so, we already went so over this earlier about Christians, that they're, they're fake Christians there, just because someone calls there, them from I a know, Christian doesn't mean that. I know, but there were true that.
1: Christians who fail. They fail because they oh, did not have. of course, pass. yeah,
3: because you can, you can, you they can, loves can, can you can. Satan wants to give you revelation. Satan loves to give you. But sir, sir, we, we already went over this. How you know if you have the Holy Spirit is if you have victory over sin. If you don't have victory over sin, you're not walking in the Spirit. That's, that's it's, it's pretty clear cut. You either. Well, Every human being on planet is one or two people. It, yeah, that's why the that, grace and mercy of but God. But you're going to tell you said,
1: me, you're going to tell me that I believe in false doctrine, even though I have well, hold had on, a victory about, over this sin. Just, just because,
3: just because you got healed from something, doesn't necessarily mean you believe the exact same thing. And God right changed I mean, how many my life. I was healed?
1: an anti-Christian, God-hating God. And I have completely, 100%, changed from that because God healed me of that darkness, which, which, in some points happened instantly, and other chi- uh, times I overcame it, uh, you know, with the help of God, over time. But, but I had that experience. But you'll tell me that I am a false teacher because I don't I never agree told with you, you anything the
3: gospel. You, you are, though, my, 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 my accusation my accusation of someone being a false teacher or a false prophet has to do with Joseph Smith. It's the same with Muslims. Yeah. I never I never and, tell Muslims that it's therefore I hold the person who told them this accountable, which would be Muhammad. You just you're just believing well, what your family taught you and what you were raised in and obviously there's a spiritual element to that. Whenever you have whenever you have your family, think about it, your whole family engaged in Mormonism. There's a spiritual aspect to that, just like the people who come from Muslims' families, and there's a spiritual aspect to that. When you have that Mm -hmm. connection, that spiritual influence doesn't just go away. Do you think that spirit is going to just leave you alone? So you're telling me that when God, when I ask God
1: to heal me and show me the truth, and God sent me two LDS missionaries who taught me about Joseph Smith, and that when I specifically asked God if Joseph Smith was a true prophet, whoa, whoa, God, on, how do you know that God sent those of missionaries? All of how my, do you know that? God,
3: how do you know that?
1: Well, I don't have to know that. What I know is that exactly. when I asked God, when I asked God if Joseph Smith was a true prophet, the Holy Spirit burned through me like fire, and I was completely healed of my drug addictions and received a new heart and changed and i i had that that spiritual born again experience
3: okay with so when you when you when you have when you have an experience with god it. when you have an experience with god you said that you so you you asked god to show you the truth and to heal you he said two mormon missionaries came to you correct absolutely right right and after you made this request okay, okay so now so now think two. about this yeah within a week or two perfect example so now Jesus, when he got baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit came down from heaven and came upon him, right? And it says, directly after that experience, that encounter, he was led into the wilderness where he was confronted by the devil. So just because you had a spiritual encounter with God or maybe you had a moment where you saw God from your heart and you genuinely felt like you connected with God... This doesn't mean that the devil can't immediately come and try to deceive you right and away. he
1: does. He did the same thing to Moses. And I have seen Satan face to face in the flesh. And I talked about how my wife has seen him as well. He has attacked me, and I've seen him. He has come into my place where I was, and I've seen him many times. But I know the difference between demons and Satan and God. And I know them by the fruit that they bring, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the exact opposite of the Holy Spirit, which is anxiety and depression and and all of these type of darkness. Satan is darkness. He cannot imitate light in the fruit of the Holy
3: Spirit. Okay, he can imitate certain things like peace and tranquility and yeah, euphoria. He can do that. There are pagans that they, do this all no. the time, people who engage in the kundalini practices in the New Age and the occult. They do this all the time. Satan can mm-hmm. manifest certain experiences that can make you think this is from God, but it's not. He's obviously very deceptive, and like I said, there's levels of demons. So, for example, when you talk about depression and anxiety, those are things that lower-level demons operate in. The higher-level ones, they actually have more power, and they can manifest certain things. We know in the end times that the false prophet in the book of Revelation literally is going to raise you from the dead. So there's obviously levels of the power that the, the dog Well, yeah, can operate and, and, and we know and that, that, that,
1: that the Magi uh, in Egypt could do miracles as well. I understand that. That's why you can't uh, use miracles to prove a prophet.
3: Right. So, so I'm saying that they, the, the, the devil has spiritual powers that are on levels that we would mm-hmm. somewhat attribute to God. Because in the book of Revelation, remember, he's going to cause fire to fall from heaven, which is the exact same thing God did with Elijah. So the devil can imitate a lot of things that God does or God does in your own life. But like I said, you grew up in a, in a Mormon family, so obviously there's a spirit there that is going to want to keep you in bondage to that belief. You but may not be aware I of that, God but I, I've, I've, me I've experienced the truth this when it came to Mormon. Me. If I ask God oh. to
1: show me the truth and to heal me, and then he did that with an overwhelming uh, uh, experience with him and the holy spirit and then this experience that you had where you saw the brilliance of god i've had that as well he has come to me and he has led me in many uh, instances and i am a prophet and i am a witness okay, so of the when, father when, and the Son, when, when and did I that I experience happen? jesus christ face to face it happened in 2003 okay,
3: in the flesh. So, remember, uh, that's, that's not what I'm asking. I'm talking about the timeline. So you initially asked God to heal you and to reveal to you the truth, and then that you said 90 about 90. a week or so. You said about a week or so later, the Mormon yes. missionary showed up. Correct?
1: Yes, and then I converted to,
3: to realizing that Joseph Smith wasn't okay. So now, by those angel are now you're describing two different things. You had you had an initial encounter that with that the was Lord, before. which I believe yes. was genuine. I believe that was a genuine encounter because. God, God, does it. God always hears the, the cry of the heartbroken. And so if you were in that state, I know God would hear you because of who he is. But now when it comes to later on, you already said a week or so later, that's when the Mormon missionaries showed up, correct? So yes. did, did God tell you at that moment when you had that initial encounter, did God say to you, become a Mormon or believe Joseph Smith? No, he said to believe Joseph Smith, and then I assumed it's the LDS church God audibly told you that. to believe Joseph Smith. Is that what you're saying?
1: The Holy Spirit
3: descended upon
1: me, and I was healed completely of my drug addictions and forgiven of my sins when I asked yeah I, I I believe Smith that 100%. I'm
3: not, I'm, not questioning, I'm not questioning that at all. I asked you the right question. But why would God I
1: deceive me? I never said
3: God would deceive me? you. I, I said ask. that the devil the devil, the devil is going to be right there. He's not going to, it's like the devil is going to I hide. Asked, this stuff asked,
1: I asked God if Joseph Smith was a true prophet and the Holy and Spirit. You and, you, and you don't think, you don't think that that the devil heard you say that? Well, I'm you not think the, the devil heard would you say he that? Say that. Okay, to, okay so, so, so I was healed by the devil then. That's what you're saying.
3: I never said that. I never said that. I told you I but agree that's that, what that the Lord healed I asked you.
1: God if, Joseph Smith was a true prophet. The Holy Spirit descended upon me. I heard
3: the no, host no, no, sir, of sir. heaven praising God." In the beginning, what did you God, ask in the beginning? In the beginning, I, you were asking God to, to I heal you of your situation in the letter, you were in, and show you, me, yeah, and, and show me the and, truth. Okay, so there's. Let's stop right there. So number one, we know in scripture that God says He's always close to the lowly and the contrite. So if you're in, a, if you were in a state at that time where you were, your heart was lowly, you were contrite you are heartbroken, you were seeking God genuinely from your heart. That's what he responded to. Now the issue of Joseph Smith I and didn't the Mormon. Have, so I didn't have letter. an
1: answer I didn't have an answer when I wrote God that letter, but I kept it on me for like two or three weeks.
3: And Exactly so so now series. you see so now these but, things happen at separate moments. These things didn't happen yeah. at once. It wasn't like it wasn't like the Holy Spirit came upon you and at the same moment God told you right then and there Joseph Smith is the truth. Become a Mormon. Follow that path. Open the Book of Mormon. Go read the, the, the Pearl of Great Price and the and, and the Doctrine of Covenants. Covenant. No, on my time period, and he sent two servants. Exactly, of God. that came after the fact. That's all I'm trying to get you With to acknowledge. Truth, because, like I said before, like I said before, Jesus gets baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him, and right after that encounter, that's when the devil shows up and tries to tempt him. So just because okay. you had an encounter at one Kim. moment doesn't mean that the devil won't immediately show up to deceive you. Kim. So think about it. If, if the devil could yep. do that to Jesus, i going to break...
1: Hold on. Kim, I'm Okay. break up yep. for about one minute. Okay.
4: Okay. Um, I've been listening to the whole thing. Uh, I think that what this is is he has his own experience that he has experienced and he knows the truthfulness of the answers that he received. And because you disagree with the answers for, you know, whatever reasons that you have, which is great for you. um, Whatever reasons that you have, you're trying to disprove it by making his um, that specific instance into more than one experience that he had. So um, you're trying to break it apart in smaller sections so that he can say that um, one part of the experience was from God and the other part of the experience you're trying to say um, is from Lucifer. When um, he's actually just trying to tell you that the experience that that he had, I I know, but that's the way it sounds, like what you're saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? The way it sounds is that you are trying to separate the experience so that you can um, make it fit your narrative, so in your understanding, where you believe that Joseph Smith was not a prophet, when actually um, he, well, in his he own me, words, he is me telling you. He yeah, told me and that, you're trying to yeah that to,
3: encounter, and then he said about a week or so later, that's when the Mormon missionaries showed up.
4: Yeah, you're saying you're saying that the Mormon missionaries um, is an entirely different thing than what he's telling you originally. So what I'm saying is. He Originally, said was a week apart. Uh, right, you're, you're saying two different things now. So you're saying that, oh, you're talking about the missionaries being a week apart, which actually has nothing to do with the Joseph Smith thing. You are trying to break apart saying Joseph Smith that. is what not a talking? prophet. That,
0: that's what we're talking about. Because I can right, remember and he's he said, telling you, right. he okay, I'm going to make Holy it Spirit. really simple.
4: But my yep. conversion
1: experience did not happen when I wrote God that letter. It happened after I asked God hold on one second true
4: prophet okay okay you guys have already said this and you've gone around in circles i'm going to try to help clarify what he is saying is that in that one instance in the experience that he had when he asked god whether or not joseph smith was a true prophet the experience he had was an astounding experience of an overall yes he is and he was healed completely of his drug addictions, and the Holy Spirit burned through him at that point. That wasn't the missionaries coming and telling him that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. That was a completely separate experience, according to you. So that's fine. I mean, it happened a yeah, week he later. He told me he, told me he talked to the missionaries you,
3: a week later. So I'm saying that right, his encounter, but he's telling you just, immediately because, just because God the healed first, him, was not a validation that Joseph Smith was a prophet. Because we know in Scripture, and I know from my own personal experience, God always hears the prayers of people that are heartbroken and contrite. So if he he came to God in that state from a place in a difficult time in his life, God is going to have mercy on him in anything, just from where he's coming from, because God is merciful that way. I know people who are not believers in the law, people who believe in different religions, who are just in a terrible place in their life. They cried out to God from the depth of their being. And just from that alone, because God is merciful and he's compassionate, he'll respond to that. So if he was going through a tough time in his life, I know God loves him. And if God hears him and he knows he's going through a hard time and God sees him reaching out to him, God is gonna heal him. Not because he not because Joseph Smith is the truth, but because God loves him. That's a different
0: thing. Okay, I understand.
4: Yep, and I understand exactly what you're saying. But what you're saying is you're trying to interpret What he was telling you was his answer of the truth when God spoke to him. You are trying to take your own inductive reasoning because you feel like, in your experience, Joseph Smith was not a prophet. So you're telling him that he is wrong about his own witness and his own experience. Well, that's why I asked him. I asked him a direct question. I I said, did God
3: audibly tell you that? That's why I asked him. I said, did God audibly tell
4: you that Joseph Smith is a prophet? Right? So what you're doing is you are trying to, right, you're trying to pick apart his experience and the answer he got to have to fit your own reality or agenda to help you to believe what it is that you believe. That's what you're doing. No, man, we're saying, trying
3: to get to the base of the truth here because he's already agreed to Right, right, and he's, he telling, you the 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 he's telling you the truth. He's telling you as it is. No, but I'm telling you, he already he, acknowledged, and anyone who's dealt in the spiritual world knows this, that. Demons and the devil can manifest spiritual encounters yep, that sure feel can. like you're dealing with God. Exactly. So yep. not every encounter is a They also create confusion
4: and contention. Do you understand that? They can create a well, confusion the, and contention, especially when somebody comes to their own conclusion and they're trying to refute everything that happens around them to meet their own conclusion and their own story. Do you understand well, that? Contending, so for the truth a, confusion. contending
3: from the truth is, is a Holy Spirit thing too because Paul had a man by the name of Apollos who he said debated the Jews vigorously showing them from Scripture that Jesus was in fact the Christ. So contending for mm-hmm. the truth, and, and mm-hmm. exposing and, and reprimanding what's in the darkness is part of what being a Christian is. That's what we have in the New Testament. When Jesus confronted right. so the, when the the Pharisees, are... he didn't say to them, he didn't say to them, oh, you know what, guys, you guys just have a different means of perspective and just looking at things differently. No, he talked to them direct. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Because evil or any yeah. falsehood has to be addressed directly. Because one of the things that's going to send you to the lake of fire in the book of Revelation says, those who believe in, uh, in a falsehood. So if yes. you believe in something that's not And they law, have no love for the truth, household. Exactly. Right. So when have so no love if, for the so you, begin- truth. Do you say that Muslims believe in the true God?
4: Um, I wouldn't judge any Muslim based on um, one specific thing. So um I Okay, do so Muslim not like Muslims to, do not, like to, do not like believe when that you Jesus really, Christ
3: is the son of God. For example, they don't um, believe that. They don't believe that he died on I the cross. I understand
4: that's your you understanding believe, and that's what you believe. Well, that's what the Quran says. uh, That's
3: literally word for word um, what the Quran says. The Quran states that. So based on that, can they go to heaven. Wicked,
1: wicked, evil, horrible God sends Gentiles to hell when they've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Mohammedans are Gentiles and
3: that is and so that, so understand. now you're you now you're trying to judge God and say that because God sent you yeah, to hell. Yeah, absolutely. Because your
1: ju- your god that you believe in would do that, but the God that I know doesn't do that. Oh,
3: so, because so you don't when Jesus understand, Christ said, when Jesus Christ said that interpretation the road is broad, of scripture. Well, so so what, what does Jesus mean when he says that the road is broad that leads to destruction and the road that leads to life is narrow and so are So God
1: created according when, to you. God created the earth People that with a whole bunch of people and he and all these people, ninety nine per, percent of of human civilization
3: is going to be burned Whoa, up in hold the up I, fire. I, I'd, be be I, I'd, be, I'd be careful. I'd be careful I'd be careful what you're devil about to say. God. Because as a man I, a I would never I would never as a man, I would never try to judge God. Uh, that's something you got to be careful with. The afraid to judge, you're judging judge I'm judging judge a you. false
1: God that you believe. I, believe, I am judging you're, you're, the false God, God you believe. Yeah, you're judging the God of the Bible.
3: That's what you're judging. The God of the Bible. No, I'm
1: not. That's I'm the God of the so, so Bible. What, so what happens the in the book of Revelation? Peter. So in the book of
3: Revelation, when God is sending people to the lake of fire, you believe uh, that God is wrong for doing Why don't you go to that? that?
1: Why don't you go to that and see exactly who it is that oh, goes
3: now, to now the you lake hate, of fire? Oh, now you hate your brother. You hate me? Death and... You hate and,
1: me? Oh, no, I don't. I love you enough to you told me. You, you told truth. me to go to hell. No, I did not. So you hate me? Okay, hold you on. You said, why don't you I go that's there? That's I, what I said. You need <laughs> to stop. <laughs> what I'm, I'm going to mute you. I'm sorry. I'm muting you. Okay, because you're trying to talk over me and twist the words, which is what Satan does, and you're an accuser of the brethren, which is what Satan does. Now, I'll unmute you in just one minute. Who in the book of Revelation... Did John see go to the lake of fire?
3: He saw liars, thieves, the cowardly, those who believe in and practice the falsehoods, sorcerers, whoremongers, and all those who do not practice righteousness. He listed out, mm-hmm. and even the Apostle Paul gives a list in First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through ten. He says that homosexuals, uh, sodomites, thieves, the covetous, extortioners, revilers. It gives a whole list of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what but, I'm interested in you, because you, you brought up an interesting point. Are you, are you trying to say that God does not, or according to your belief at least, that God doesn't send people to hell? I know God
1: sends people to hell, but the, the God that you okay. believe in sends everybody to hell that doesn't accept the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ.
3: Well, time out, time out. First of all, the book of Revelation in the Bible shows that there will be a multitude of people in heaven and they'll be in heaven, not because of they just I believe in some ambiguous concept of God, but that it said they made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a whole bunch of people from all over the world that are going to get saved through the name of Jesus Christ, and their robes are going to be made white by his blood. Not the name of Allah, not the name of Vishnu or Hare Krishna. They're done well, by the g- name. I there's agree with you there, but prayer. what
1: happens to all these people that have never even heard of the name of Jesus Christ?
3: Well, we know we know that God is fair and that God will judge everyone according to their knowledge. So God is not going to judge mm-hmm. everyone the same. Jesus said, he who knows his master's will and does things worthy of stripes will be beaten with many stripes. But He who does things worthy of stripes but does not know his master's will will be beaten with few stripes. So God is going to judge people differently based on your knowledge. So the more you know about yeah. God, the more you know about Scripture, there's a higher level of responsibility and accountability, which is why Paul said not many of you should become teachers because those who are teachers shall be judged more strictly. So we know yeah. that God, is, God has a difference in his judgment. So when it comes to someone in the middle of the, the Amazon who's never heard about God, never heard about Jesus, they're going to be judged differently than someone born in New York City who, who's heard about God or heard about Jesus. It's not the
1: same. So, but the way is narrow, and the, the, they that are saved are few. So how do, you, how do you reconcile that when you're saying that all of these people— before all these Gentiles never even heard of Moses or Jesus or whatever, they don't even know God. Oh, they're they're, they're I, just different. All the people
3: that came before Jesus are different. It says this in the New Testament. Okay, but what it about all those the who, people
1: after Jesus that never heard of the name
3: of God? Okay, so it says that God overlooked their ignorance and their idolatry, but now that Jesus the Christ and he's narrow, commanded all men everywhere to repent. Yeah, he's, okay, so let me go back to my, when I talked, when I had that encounter with the Lord, different I told drones, when, when, I, when I got, when I, when, I got in, when I got in the Lord's presence, his holiness, his goodness, how pure he is, is on a level that our minds cannot even begin to conceive. We are so dirty and corrupt that no human being would even want to be in his presence. When I was in front, when I'm the Lord's presence, I didn't want to be there because I felt like I was staining his holiness. The only reason I was acceptable before him is because he forgave me and gave me the Holy Spirit. That's the only reason I could be before him, just like what happened with Isaiah. So in our, in our normal state, without his Holy Spirit, without his cleansing, no human being would be You wouldn't want to be near. You'd be terrified. So the idea that you think that any person from anywhere just willy-nilly is going to walk in the kingdom of heaven is ridiculous. You don't know the God whom you're talking about. The God whom That's we not what we are talking Testament. about. That's
1: not what I so, was talking so, about. But I'm also telling you in the book of Revelation. You, know, you were trying to critique God's holy. That, and you're or, saying God is saying people don't No, I'm, I'm critiquing the apostate Christian beliefs that that don't say what you just said. I understand all of those things. But that Christian churches, they don't believe those things. And because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending what prophet, Christians believe,
3: I'm talking about what the New Testament says.
0: That's what I'm. That's what I'm basing everything on. Okay, and the New Testament Here's is the that says that a Testament large, says, a large
3: people, a number of people are going to hell. That's not my word. That's, if you if you reject that, you reject the word of God. That's to your own detriment. I don't that's know, not that what is. I
1: was saying. But it also says that the gates that go into the city of God are Israelite gates. There are no Gentiles in the city of God. Okay, so they telling I, I, me. I literally
3: told you in the Book of Revelation. It says John saw a multitude of people beyond number from every language kindred and tongue that had white robes on that were made white in the blood of the lamb with palms in their hand worshiping the father and the lamb so we know for a fact that gonna there are going to be a massive into amount into of people house in heaven of
1: israel and the christians i don't who believe i'm not disagreeing Jesus with that. Christ, but i'm telling you that many gentiles are going to get saved israel yeah, and they're going to be adopted in the house of Israel. And no, it's not the house of Israel; is it's the house of God. To
3: be the issue is the issue is whether or not you belong to God. That's the, the 12 issue. Gates the Israelites of the city of were themselves God. cut off.
1: The only ones that go into the city of God in the twelve gates are Israelites. And if you're a Gentile yeah, or a that that in Revelation. Of israel in the so so who's So Who's that yes, multitude that,
3: that, that John saw? That multitude of people in white robes, who are they?
1: They are adopted into the house of Israel because there is no Gentile salvation without That's a technical the...
3: term. But John described them as <laughs> Gentiles, correct? He said that they were from every language, kindred, <laughs> and tongue. That's how he described them, correct? That means they're Gentiles.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, there's okay, Gentiles so that's, that's that so, are so adopted so into that. the house
1: of God. I'm
3: not well, disagreeing with that. Well, you're telling me you don't have... Okay. you we're dealing with your objection about people going to hell in large numbers. It seems like you're trying to say no, that God will somehow wrong said for that. doing That's that. That's
1: words that you put in my mouth. That's words you, that you put okay. in my mouth. But you are trying to tell me that the the, the way is, is narrow and I was telling you like who who is it in the oh, book of Revelation. Well, okay, that did I tell you that or who, who
3: who's made that statement that the road is narrow that leads to life and that the rate of destruction is broad and many are Who said that? That's Jesus Christ. Okay, so now your objection is with him then, right? Because he made that statement. No,
1: no, So are you saying no, that no. he's wrong
3: for that? How
1: is it um, I'm just,
3: that it can be I'm narrow, just delivering just... the mail. Okay,
1: hold on. I'm going to mute. Well, how is it that in one instance you have a whole bunch of people that are saved, a whole bunch, all of these Gentiles never heard of the name of Jesus Christ, but then in another instance he says that the the uh, the path to the destruction is broad, and the gate to you know is is narrow. Like it, it seems like there's a contradiction, but there's not because there's different levels of heaven.
3: Paul, whoa, well, well, hold on, you, you you heaven. added that last part. You added that last part when you talked about Paul all these people. The... You, you said you said all these people in heaven that have never heard the name of Jesus. I never said that. I said that the multitude that John saw. Where they said that their robes were made white in the blood of the lamb, meaning they were born again Christians. They were not a bunch of people that didn't know God. They were they were Gentiles who became saved.
1: Yeah, and they're adopted into the house of Israel, and they are obligated. Yeah, but but to they're but they're born again. They're not they're,
3: they're not they're not heathens. They're not heathens that don't believe in Jesus. They're Christians. It says that they became saved during the tribulation. That's what it literally describes them as. So we know that they're born again Christians. They're not. They're not a bunch uh, of Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists in heaven. That's not what that's describing. Those are born again believers. Well, why? Why not? There's a bunch of
1: because Buddhists. G- because and Jesus, because Chinsuit, Jesus said, unless, and, and a, a, no, Jesus said, unless a
3: man. No, because Jesus said, unless a man is born Jesus again. Christ. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's what he Thank said. You. So your objection is with him, not me. I'm just telling you what he said. So he no, said, unless you're born again, you're not going in. With false that's, that's, that's the interpretation rule.
1: Interpretation of scripture. And just okay, because so you please, can read it and you have it, an idea. Please interpret that any of, other
3: way than Jesus saying, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Tell me, tell me any other way you can interpret that other than, unless you're born again, you're not going to be in heaven. What's the, well, other, then what's the other interpretation? I talked about
1: the three heavens and the different crowns and, uh, and powers in heaven. Mm-hmm there will be different levels which what
3: oh, so Paul who is you, what you no? what well, Paul never Paul never added the caveat that you're about to add which is that a non-christian is going to be in a separate level of heaven that's what you're going to imply that's, not what, that's that is
1: not what I said oh my gosh you think that you know what i'm saying but you in your head okay you me so make idea it clear of make, what you so let's let's, let's, let's make it
3: clear cut if someone does not believe in Jesus Christ, and by that I mean if they're not a born-again Christian, which is what Jesus said, if they are a Muslim, a Hindu, a Buddhist, an atheist, whatever other religion you want to name, is that person going to be in heaven? <laughs> hey,
1: it's breaking up. What was the last part that you, you said? Okay, uh, it's, it's,
3: it's, it's direct question. If someone's a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Hindu, an atheist, any other religion other than a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, when they die, are they going to be in heaven or in hell?
1: They're going to go to spirit prison, which is not understood by oh apostate
3: Christianity. You, that's purgatory. That's a Catholic is, belief. You just, you, that's purgatory. No, it's not. That's what you're talking about. You said, oh, my goodness. How Jesus is that different Christ than purgatory? Said, Explain the
1: difference. Hold on. Jesus Christ told the thief on the cross, today, verily, I say unto you, you will be with me in paradise.
0: Which he went
1: heaven. to paradise, but which was not where the Father was. Because three days later, he said, I have not yet ascended to the Father.
3: Oh, okay. Now you're
1: going
0: to get talking about Adam. You're talking
3: about the bosom Abraham's bosom about versus presence. the Hades. Yeah, that's different. That's, that was a spiritual holding place. I understand what you're talking about. You're talking about the same when we talked about the rich man that went to hell, and he saw, he saw Lazarus was in heaven, or, not, or well, Abraham's close. there's different bosom. Levels of hell. I, I understand now, that. But you no, can't that go in the about, of
1: God without being
3: born yeah, again. Yeah, okay, now you're getting but technical. You're talking about when that's separate. I'm talking about being with God, if you want to use that term, being in paradise, whatever term you want to describe it as, versus being in torment, which is two different states, Correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, paradise. Right, so that's what, that's what, it's
1: not paradise. Is not where the Father is at. That's also what I'm saying.
3: Okay, well that, that's just a, that's just a technical semantic. If you want to talk about when the kingdom of heaven comes to earth, and all that. okay. The point of the matter is you have two options. That's what Jesus described Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man was in hell and torment. Lazarus was in paradise with Abraham. Correct. There was two places. Yeah. Okay. And now but he I'm said, and the you, rich man said, there's, there's a cavern between us. Okay, so now, if a person dies in their sin, apart from Jesus, believing in a different religion, are they going to be able to go into paradise where Lazarus went, or are they going to go where the rich man went into torment?
1: If they believe in Jesus Christ and they're born again, they're going to go into paradise, which is not heaven.
3: I agree with that. Now, what happens to the people that are not born again and do not believe in Jesus Christ? Where do they go?
1: Well, they're they go to wherever like if they're you know wicked and they're destroying people through murder and all that they they go to to the bad side the place where the tormentor uh, you know
3: like okay so in other words they're going to hell you just say it why, why can't you just say
1: it there are like, different levels of it. hell there are different everybody wants I to i already agree with you I, I
3: told you that earlier i said i said that the, the the servant that knows his master's will and does things worthy of stripes with be with more stripes. That's what Jesus taught. If you don't know the yeah. master's will and you do things worthy of stripes, you get beaten with less. I already acknowledge that. We all get judged but you differently. Have to be and there's different in order degrees of punishment saved. in hell. I agree with that. And you've got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. If you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. There's just no other way around that. I don't know why you find that hard to agree with. That's just a fact. Well, I don't agree. I don't.
1: I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that there are different levels. Hold on here. I'm like getting loaded. I actually drive a coal truck and take coal to power plants that supply power to Southern California. And I'm under the loadout right now, so I've got to write down some numbers. Kim, is there anything that you wanted to say Uh, while I'm... Oh, by the way, I'm doing the permanent. same thing.
3: I'm a, I'm a truck driver as well. I'm actually driving through Pennsylvania right
1: now as we're talking. Yeah, I've been I've been driving trucks since '95, with the exception nice. of that mission. And what I do is probably what you do. I spend all day listening to scriptures and listening to sermons and listening to Jews talk about Judaism, and I I've, I'm always learning. Um, that's yeah, one the things thanks. I like about being a truck driver because um you know you can spend the time praising God or just learning, uh so I love it anyway, hold on here. Next ticket will be zero two four three two headed down. Oh, I'm sorry, mine's zero two four you're zero two five. All right. Now, I'm going to head down the hill here. One of the things I like about driving cold truck is uh, I pull under a thing. It loads me up, takes about five to six minutes, and then I go and I take it to where it goes, and I dump it and it takes about two seconds.
3: <laughs>
1: nice. So I have to deal with and all where this,
3: the docks and stuff. Right, right. And so you run out of, what, California and, like, Utah?
1: No, I'm, I'm in central Utah. Okay. And uh, there's three power plants in this valley and the majority of the power that is uh, created here actually goes to Las Vegas and Southern California. All right. So and, and, we get our power. I,
3: I I gotta say this too about Mormons, you guys you guys are compared to most people in America, you guys have a much more godly community in general. Like what you guys did in Utah is incredible. That's I spent some time in Salt well Lake City. That, that's, that's that's pretty amazing that you guys to achieve that as well. You just, you, you're, as a group, you guys deserve a lot of credit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so so
1: one of the reasons why I do this program is because the church has rejected many things that the early uh, prophets, Brigham Young, Joseph Smith, John Taylor, they reject those things, and they have become um, – mainstream they, they're going to yeah they're trying to be mainstream and they're doing it because they they don't care about the restoration they want power and authority over people's lives and well, so um, got, i gotta am gotta trying be a little
3: bit to share to them too i mean there there were some kind of questionable things that mormons believed that were kind of like uncomfortable like the issue of race the idea that because god would judge between skin color or that the Lamanites, if I'm not mistaken, were cursed with darker skin because they rebelled against the Nephites. Is that, is that correct?
1: Well, there's, there are dis- different curses and stuff that uh, early Mormons right. believed. But Which is, you know, were, I mean, let's, let's be honest. That, 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 that sounds like something too. that a
3: white person in, in, in North America would believe, that God, first of all, would even care what color your skin is, or secondly, that God would judge someone by giving them darker skin which come on now? I mean, really? At that point, you just know you—you just you, the idea of somebody who lived in America. And that in was
1: introduced by Brigham Young, not Joseph Smith. And I reject Brigham
3: Young as a prophet. Also, hey, see, Brigham Young ed- so bring him Bring Young edited the Book of Mormon. Because what yeah. I'm talking about is in the Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. so then how do you well, how, how there... do you know how do you know what you believe is legitimate? Then, if, if Brigham Young corrupted it. Like how do you know what's true and what's that's not true? That's why you've got to.
1: That's why you have to get revelation line upon line, precept upon precept, and not trust in any man to lead you astray.
3: but, but why course, would why would God allow him bring him young to cover of, up the Book of Mormon?
1: Why would He allow Christians to become so apostate?
3: Well, oh, no, that's a different. That's now that's just your personal opinion. Well, I'm talking about same. if what's your if, no, it's not the same because are you are you trying to tell me that, that you believe that the Bible's been corrupted? The oh Old my and God. New Testament. She already had this.
0: Absolutely.
3: What? No, hold on. You, you didn't tell me. All you told me before was you tried to say that Rome or the the, the Roman Catholic Church modified they added things certain things to the Bible. that weren't in the. Well, yeah, they modified
1: one thing. That was one instance, but yeah, they've done that.
3: But historically, that's, that's just inaccurate because the the, the body of the, what you call the Roman Catholic Church was not in existence by the time the New Testament was canonized.
1: Yeah, but your Protestant I just want you to know churches that. all come with the false traditions of Catholicism in them. I'm
3: not a Protestant, so and and I, I have my objections to the Protestants as well, as far as the Reform, Reformation and John Calvin and Martin Luther. I don't I don't believe that either. I, I don't yeah. get my thing from a church or. I'm a born again Christian, who got born again the Holy Spirit. And everything I learned, I learned it from reading the Bible. That's where I get everything I got from. Not from a pastor. I don't adhere to any denomination or anything like that. So don't don't book me in with that. But at the end of the okay. day, what we're talking about here is whether or not Joseph Smith's teaching was legitimate, whether or not what he's saying was from God. And now now you're now you're the first Mormon I ever heard tell me that the Book of Mormon was corrupted by Brigham Young. I've never heard that before. So how well, much of the Book of Mormon are you talking about bringing me uncorrupting here? Like a small amount, half of it? What are we talking about? Uh, there's key points
1: of doctrine that were changed by uh, people after Joseph Smith, and I don't know exactly who did it. All I know is that the earlier manuscripts
3: don't match the later manuscripts. Okay, so what about the Pearl of Great Price? Is that legitimate or is that corrupted? Actually, I don't know about that. I believe it's true, but uh, mm-hmm. okay. doctrine of covenants. Do you feel the same way, or is that is that an opinion? Well, area, yeah, there's the some
1: things. That? Yeah, they've they've taken complete sections out of the doctrine and covenants and replaced them with other things. And then uh, doctrine and uh, covenant section 132 was introduced by Brigham Young, but Joseph, but he said Joseph Smith was the one that received it but it contradicts the Bible and the Book of Mormon, that particular section, and I reject that section. Also, there are okay, different so, words and different sentences and phrases which have been changed as well. Because the
0: LDS Okay, church,
3: so, so you, and I, you and I are kind of in agreement in a roundabout way. I don't know if you noticed it, but like you're making a distinction to where you can point out where Brigham Young was false, right? And you say that, he introduces certain ideas that weren't true, or, I mean, you just stated that they weren't in both the Bible and in the Book of Mormon, which I'm basically making the same argument about Joseph Smith and the Bible, that they're, they're not, they're not, not they don't, they don't coincide, they contradict one another.
0: Yeah. But, you know, the difference I'm just between I, I'm just Joseph to Smith
3: like, how and how did you, Young? Okay, what's the difference? Because when I
1: asked God if Joseph Smith was a true prophet, the Holy Spirit descended upon me, and I was completely healed of all of my drug addiction and my life completely changed. Then I assumed that Brigham Young was also a prophet for many years, and I assumed that the LDS church was true. But because I'm a truck driver and because I study like a madman, I found out through study that things were not as they appear. And so I reject. So I came to a point in my life about 2013 where I had to say, look, there's all these things that I believe, but what do I know is true? And the only thing that I could say 100% that I knew was true was that God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for our sins and that Jesus Christ was our Lord and our Redeemer and that Joseph Smith was his servant. And I had to build that by line upon line, precept upon precept. It was so good until that last
0: part.
3: That, that, every, that's that's, that's when you said don't sound like that's that's you sound
1: you like a Muslim. But you sound just like a Muslim
3: because the Muslims say the same thing. the Holy thing. Spirit Muslims say,
1: led me to the Father, to the Son, and to Joseph Smith. The yeah, Holy
3: Muslims Spirit make the same point. That. It, it, it's, that, it's that extra part at the end that you got to caveat, like when you oh, say the Holy that he Spirit said Joseph doesn't Smith. Lead
1: them, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead them to Muhammad and to Jesus because the Jesus that they accept is a lie. And the 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 God oh, you, the can an an argument, you can make an argument, you can make an argument that
3: the Mormon concept of Jesus but is also don't. kind of questionable like You uh, never so, hear so, them so, talking
1: you, about getting revelation and receiving a confirmation of the spirit, which is what God says in the Bible. They use the Bible to kind of say, "Oh yeah, we believe that stuff too." But they reject it. They could say they believe okay, it so, but they never teach from it.
3: Okay, so let me let me, let me, let me you're learning now that you don't believe that everything that's in the Book of Mormon. But just, so I'm gonna ask you another belief. So, do you believe that Jesus and Satan were our, our spiritual brothers, and that both presented different salvation plans, and that God the Father chose Jesus over Satan? Yes. You believe that? Okay. Yeah. So now, now, that's another example right there. Now, nowhere in the New Testament or anywhere in the Bible, but no, especially in the New Testament, do we have anything that even remotely hints at that. But that you don't have, you have anything that Jesus
1: taught during the 40 days after his resurrection, and you yeah, don't have all of now. the stuff that John talked about. If Jesus taught, if everything that Jesus uh, taught was written down, the whole world would be filled with, with his writings. We don't have yeah, a law. But, but,
3: but, it, it, but it if God chooses but it, it to send a
1: prophet to restore truth that was once taught and is lost, then that's God's prerogative to do, and he did that through the prophet Joseph Smith.
3: Yeah, but we, but we know how God's salvation plan came about, because we know that the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth. So before the world was ever made, the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus but Christ was already in place. Before
1: the foundation of the earth. But you know what? Scripture is not the place of God
3: is the author of it. He's the one that determined it. But now what you're saying is, and this is where the issue when it comes to Joseph Smith is, is you're claiming that literally... The devil came up with his own salvation plan, and then Jesus had his own salvation plan, and God basically chose between the two. And then uh, I'll guys, get even further Peyton because you guys believe that God, right? Exactly. You guys believe there was a war in heaven, and that you believe that all of us beings here on earth, we were at one point spirit beings in heaven. We were. we, we yeah. took part in that heavenly war, and that all the yeah. ones who joined the side of the devil or who were cowardly. They're the ones that today are what we consider the black and brown people of Earth today, right? No,
1: that's not, what, that's not even what Joseph Smith or Brigham Young taught. Everybody that, followed, nope. Lucifer, okay. everybody that yep. followed Lucifer, they became the demons when they were cast down to Earth, and they will be destroyed in the lake of fire with all of the wicked.
3: So, okay, so you don't, you don't believe that black and brown skin was assigned by God as a curse? Well, yeah, I do believe that. There you go. See, now, believe, now we're getting to the heart of I it. Because believe, now, I also believe
1: that we are all cursed because of the fall and that we can be redeemed
3: through the blood of the Lamb. I agree with that, but we're getting, we're getting into the issue of skin color now because, remember, in the Book of Mormon, it describes white as beautiful and dark skin as loathsome. That's that's how it's described in the Book of Mormon, remember? In the Hebrew,
1: you have to understand that the Book of Mormon, whether you accept it or not, is a Hebrew book with Hebrew mindsets. And when they talk about whiteness and blackness, they are talking about the purity of a person, not their skin color. They're talking about wicked being dark and
3: black, like their father I, I I I understand. I understand that concept, but in the Book of Mormon, we are talking about skin color. Because the Lamanites were given a skin co- a different color than the Nephites, that's why that's why the Lamanites are considered the ancestors okay. of the modern the day Native Lamanites Americans. Not... Correct. That's why they have red skin, right? That's where the whole thing came from. Because the Nephites had white skin like Europeans, yeah. right?
1: Well, you know exactly. they were they were told not to uh, intermingle with uh, the Lamanites because of their wickedness,
3: and they were to no, I mean, them. No, we're we're, so doing, they we're, we're, doing, we're with skin them. color here. Okay, the reason I'm bringing this up because I, I have this when I, when I debate Muslims and when I talk about the critique of Muhammad's revelations, I always tell them when you study Muhammad's revelations, whether in the Hadith or in the Quran, what you oftentimes find is Muhammad's revelations are oftentimes observations or understandings of people of his time, which is the 6th and 7th century. And when you come to Joseph Smith, what you often find are some of the things he brings up are observations of people of that time period. So in the 1800s in America, obviously race was a big issue. It was a big deal about being white, about being black, about being a Native American, whatever. So Uh it's interesting how when you look at the Old and New Testament, you don't hear about race. Race is a non-issue. It doesn't matter. Remember, God told Samuel, I do not judge as men do, for men judge by outward appearance, but I the Lord judge by the heart. God doesn't care what skin color you you are because the scripture is clear that God determines what you look like, where you're born what family you live in, what country you're going to be in. So none of us had any saying that God decided well, you're going to be I'm white. Well, what I'm saying is that black. you have, a,
1: you have a, an interpretation that you believe, well, whether well. it's in the Book of Mormon or the Bible, that you believe, and that there are different interpretations that you don't even know about. And that oh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about what we, what we know what God has
3: said, because in the Old Testament, God, God told us he doesn't care about what people look like on the outside. He said that's something and, only men
1: And Joseph something. Smith gave black men the priesthood. Well, there's some there's some Mormons that would obviously
3: disagree. There were some more there's some Mormons that would disagree with you about that.
1: Well, yeah, that, that you know claim they that disagree black people with cannot have it. the
3: priesthood. Yeah, well. Well, I'm talk- I'm talking about more of the fundamentalist crowd that would, you know, that are more hardcore that would say that it's that black people cannot have the priesthood.
1: Yeah, and I would say that the only people that get priesthood are the people that God gives me revelation, whether they are man or woman or whether they are one skin color or the other. That's the only thing that matters. You're right, but I understand the reason, the reason they,
3: the, the reason they're even talking about skin color is because Joseph Smith was a man who lived in the 1800s, and he came from Richard a time period where race matters. the one matters.
1: introduced those ideas. Joseph Smith well, we gave don't, you, we Elijah Abel sure. a black man. I have studied this stuff way more than you. I assure you, Joseph Smith well, gave James I mean, uh, Abel a, lot of, there's a of black Mormon man, scholars that and black Pete, and like a bunch of others had priesthood. Yeah, and they're going to disagree. Well, hold on, hold on. But you, you, did, you did tell me you did they tell they me earlier without revelation. No, I, I know they they don't, they don't get revelation. revelation.
4: They, at the same time. They, guys. <laughs> right. It's hard you, to hear both of okay, you
3: at the same you, time. You, I'm just, just letting you know. You just told me. Okay, I apologize. My bad. But you just told me five minutes ago yeah. when I asked you, is black and brown skin a, a curse from God? You said yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. So then, okay, so then now we're getting to the the, the the bottom of it. So at the end of the day, the concept of skin color being a curse or some type of a negative thing from God Why is, is a concept color? that... No, but I'm saying this is something that not just Mormons, but even Christians in the 1800s in America believed. They believed in the curse and, of Cain. They thought they thought that their they thought that Cain's descendants were black. Well, if because that's what, that, that's what the, white the Americans in the 1800s were obsessed the with. They were the teachings of the forty
0: days
1: after the resurrection, if you had the teachings of the forty days after the, re- the resurrection, or all of the other things that Jesus taught you might know a little bit more on the subject, but you don't, because all you got is your Bible, which doesn't talk about that.
3: Oh, hold so on you now. Yeah, your 40 you're 40, 40 you're revelation is based on Joseph Smith, claiming that Jesus came to Central America or somewhere in the Americas and appeared to the, to the, to the Lamanites. Are you serious now? Come on, man. That, that is a that statement of faith Jesus that he was a Mormon belief.
1: Right before Jesus Christ was crucified, he said, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them also yeah, must and, I, and, bring, and, who are those and there chiefs? shall be who are those one chiefs? fold. While well, they the were the Gentiles around Jerusalem, because he didn't have time to go to those other people. Yeah, but what was you're, the are that he after his resurrection.
3: Yeah, but where did the Nephites and the Lamanites come from? You believe that during the time of Jeremiah, that a bunch of Israelites got on a boat and either they crossed the Indian Ocean in the Pacific or they crossed somehow got across the Atlantic and came to the Americas, and that's yes. what became the Nephites and the Lamanites, and that after Jesus Christ's resurrection, he somehow came to the Americas and appeared to the Lamanites. Yes. That's what you believe, right? He did. Uh, and the Nephites. Okay, now that's, 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 come on, man. Like, there's nothing in the New Testament or the Old Testament. Why not? That, Jesus
1: Christ has appeared to plenty of Mohammedans no, no. no. I'm, I'm not, not
3: talking about, he I'm not talking about Jesus. Who he wants I, hold on. To. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the part where the Israelites get on a boat and, and cross the ocean and settle in the Americas. Where, where in the book of Jeremiah or the book of Isaiah or the book of Ezekiel or any of the prophets during that time period when this supposedly happened made any reference to a bunch of Israelites getting on a boat and going on the other side of the world?
0: It,
1: it doesn't, but it does say that God did leave people out of Jerusalem. The Jews... There are different divisions that went out. Jeremiah went to Egypt.
3: Yeah, and God knows where they did. went. He said, "Part of them go to Babylon. Part of them went down to and Egypt." And some of them went other them in places. In you don't
1: know where all God people's uh, all of God's people. Come on, went. That,
0: that,
3: that's that's quite a stretch. Come on now, from from saying oh, they no, went a couple hundred miles. If God
1: decides, if God decides to Dude, send what? people in the in the dark of night out of Jerusalem, <sighs> a small group of people, then. Right, he might not talk about that, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen.
3: You, you don't think that that's kind of a big detail to ignore when we're talking about people either going a couple hundred miles north of Babylon or a couple hundred miles south of Egypt versus getting in a boat and going thousands of miles to the other side of the world? And forming an entirely new civilization on the other side of the there planet? There is people,
1: there are people in China that are from the tribe of Manasseh, and they've kept that tradition, and they know who they are, and yeah, they look that, like Asians. Yeah, that's believable. They've you, intermingled know, you, you know why them. that's
3: believable? Because why? They, they crossed on land. Because they crossed on land. God what couldn't tell them to get on evil. a boat? Did God tell Noah to build a
0: boat? Why couldn't God tell Noah to
1: build a boat? And he told Lehi to build a boat. And it's, it's the same thing. Do you know how uh, the brother of Jared found out about the the 16 stones? Uh, that he touched to, to put light in the in the, the barges, because Noah had stones that God touched and he put them in the light, uh, in the in the in the, uh, in the ark. And Joseph Smith wouldn't well, have done that. Well, we don't that. have God did that. well, that's
3: it. that's who said that, Joseph Smith? I mean, come on, man, that's not in the Book no. of Genesis.
1: Of it's course, in so the that's record of so, so, The so
3: Jews, the Jews well, know the of what about Jew? that. They kept
1: that record. They kept that Who record. You talking, talking, re- talking about the
3: orthodox Jews? Or are you talking the about the orthodox Jews? You talking about the record that Joseph Smith is talking about?
1: No, I'm talking about the orthodox Jews. They knew that God gave Noah stones which emanated light to light up the inside of the ark.
3: Okay, Joseph so Smith Paul told us. That. Paul told us. Paul told us. Do not what? listen to Jewish fables because we know that these people are ungodly. Okay. These the same Jews you're talking about, the okay, Orthodox so, Jews, they, they believe, so just they believe that it's Jesus not in the is Bible. in hell. Hold on. They believe that Jesus is in hell in, in a boiling pit of feces. That's you what they You get your Bible you're,
1: from the Jews.
3: No, no, no. I'm talking about the Orthodox Jews that you just claimed that, that said that Noah had stones that lit up on wood light.
0: Yeah, I'm they saying those same Jews is, that you're
3: citing. What my point they're, they're, is. Okay. I'm just saying they're not a good source of information. When they claim what that my your point is, is in Joseph
1: hell. Smith didn't know about that, but Jared, the brother of Jared, did know about that, because he lived shortly after the time of Noah, and he knew about that, and he asked God to put those stones in his barges, his little arcs that he came to the in the first trip before...
0: Hold on, hold on,
3: who's Jared? You're talking about the guy who got on the ship to come to the, what is he, the predecessor of the Lamanites and the Nephites? Yes,
1: the first, the first
3: Okay, that, that's when Joseph, Joseph Smith, man that's, that's what Joseph, I know, Smith, Joseph claimed. Smith
1: Joseph Smith wrote that in the Book of Mormon, but he didn't know about the whole thing about the Jews and their tradition about the Stones of Light, but Jared did Well, how do you know he didn't know knew it And he
3: wrote
1: that? it How did he know how that? Know that? It, uh, Frontier yeah, America You're literally, you're he literally just taking a Jew word for you, you don't know, know. You don't know if you read that
3: Okay. How, do you know, how do you know that Joseph Smith wasn't familiar with certain Jewish writings? How do you know that? We know he was searching for, uh, for truth, right? He was studying different religions, correct?
0: Yeah.
3: Trying to figure out what church to go to and everything? Yeah. He you know didn't, they didn't they had come a across huge that? library
1: in, in frontier America and Palmyra that he could go in and learn all
3: these things in a Christian place
1: where there were no Jews.
3: I'm just saying Thanks. this whole thing is based upon you taking Joseph Smith's word for it. That's what it comes down to.
1: This whole thing is this me idea taking this
3: God's idea of, word for it because God no, revealed me well, okay, that Joseph to trust was Joseph a true Smith. prophet. Okay, but this is the
4: God. idea of me and second. Lamanites. One second. Hold the phone. Okay. Calm down. Five seconds. I'll, I'll, Hold on. Okay. I just need to let you know. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just need to let you know. There is only about 15 to 20 minutes left of this, and then it will automatically um, shut down the program and there will be no resolve. So I'm just uh, letting you both know that as of now. Um, Also, uh, one of the main things, if you have uh, listened to any of the previous shows or broadcasts that are ever put out, one of the main things um, that we or he encourages everybody to do is um, not to ever trust in the arm of flesh. So that being Joseph Smith or any other man, even him or myself included, that you should go to God to get all your truth. And that is what he does also. And that was what he was trying to tell you. Um, and then you can go ahead and respond and just it whatever way you want as for the rest of this. Thanks.
1: Which is what I did. I went to God and God told me, through a divine encounter, that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. But you haven't had that
3: experience,
1: so you will reject it. No, I, I,
3: I had an experience it true. It did the truth and that Jesus Christ, uh, uh, and Jesus Christ transformed and me by the Holy apostles.
1: Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that, that there are certain offices in the church, which will be until all come in the unity of the faith, which includes prophets and apostles. And I agree split. with that, and I told you I've
3: encountered real prophets, I've met prophets, I know people that are prophets, but, but on the same okay. token, you've also admitted that Jesus also said that there will be many false prophets, and they'll be on your guard, and to judge them, is, you know, huh. and not take anyone's and word to, for it, at the end of the day. I mean, you to and can it can it, it can happen in math. I mean, we both agree that Muhammad was a false prophet, and look how many people he deceived, it's in the billions. Yeah, but we also agree that the world is full of false teachers that teach
1: from the pulpit of Christianity.
3: Right, so all all I'm saying is that if God God allowed Muhammad to exist and to deceive billions of people, don't you think that it's remotely possible that maybe Joseph Smith might be a deceiver as well, and that he might potentially be deceiving a bunch of people as well? Except
1: for the fact that I went to God personally and asked him, and God healed me, and the Holy Spirit descended on me with great power. And not only that, right. and there, and there as a Muslims believer the same in thing. Jesus Christ, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a right believer now. that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, God came to me in the person of Jesus Christ, and I embraced him in the flesh, in the light of the noonday sun. With all of the things that
0: Can I believe, say
4: something? Joseph yeah, yeah. Smith, Can I say you don't something? know that. Sorry. Can I say something? Um, so one, what was your name again? Sorry, I forgot. What was your name? Michael. Mike. Hi, Michael. Um, so one of the things that um, you are trying to do, and one of the things you see a lot in um, every lie that has ever existed, so in every single lie that has ever existed, one of the best things that anybody can do in a lie itself is actually insert the truth okay so there is a partial truth and most lies that are deceiving that are the best deceivers okay so and one of the things that you're doing is you're trying to compare and contrast his reality with every muslim thing or uh you know whatever religion you want to insert there because you've talked about a few of them um but you're trying to equate his experience only to that and then you're also trying to um insert Joseph Smith as a Mohammed or such or whatever. Um, though you might feel like that is true because you have only lived your experience and what you believe your own truth is, which is great if that's where you're at right now. Everybody's at all different levels. That's wonderful. Um, however, what you're, you're failing to understand and, um, and listen to is that in his reality and what he has lived through himself and what he has gone through is he is telling you, that he has lived through seeing God face-to-face, hugged, embraced him, and in his um, own um, experiences that he has had, um, he is telling you that he has been told not from another man and not from um, just because he wants to believe in Joseph Smith or because he feels like um, Joseph Smith, is better than a Muhammad or anything like that. He's not telling you that. He is directly telling you that he knows, that he has been told, that he has seen God and that his experiences have told him that Joseph Smith is a true prophet. Now, I understand that what you're saying um, is that he can't possibly be because of his fruit, is what you're saying. However, the fruits that you are um, putting out there of this man are actually... Falsi- falsities, or there are falsities in what you're saying, because there's actually no proof in what you're saying. It's kind of like a hearsay. Like I could say uh, Michael is a man, and you could say, well, no, technically I am a transgender, or you well, can like say that you're something different than you are. But hold on, I have and a point. He sent his
1: is well, slander I'm, Joseph Smith.
4: Right, but I have I have a point. So <laughs> all I'm saying is is that there is truth that you hear or that you get from other men. And, you know, the same thing for me. You uh, you know, technically, according to Paul, I shouldn't even be talking or allowed to talk or speak of such things because I am a woman. Um, however, um, what I'm saying is church, that by the
0: way, no matter what period, anybody is telling
4: always. you – I know, in church. I understand. I understand that that's what it says. Um, so – but what I'm saying is that there are um, – things that are said about every person, every individual. And there are things that he is telling you that you are telling him other, you know, likewise. And there are things that you are saying or bringing up. However, the truthfulness of what is being said is a lot of hearsay unless if you yourself take it to God and ask if those things are true. Now, there are things that do say and like Guys have already, you know, hashed out in the beginning part of this whole um, conversation was that, um, there are things that you feel like the devil could deceive you. Um, that's what your words were. The, dece- the devil could deceive you to making you think that what your um, agenda is or what it is that you already are believing is true um, in your own extent. However,
3: uh, but if but you have you move met on, God, okay, can and I just you ask know, you a quick question about the hearsay point? Mm-hmm, sure. And the issue of um, yep. Okay. Now, um, he brought up several points about bringing young. Uh, do you agree with the things that he said about Brigham Young?
4: Um, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. But um, no, it does because you, you, what you I'm talked saying, saying is... The, on, the, hold the on, hold on. Let me just of... say
1: something. Let me just say something. Brigham Young, uh, after Joseph Smith died, there was a whole uh, bunch of records that, that Brigham Young put on a separate wagon when they crossed the river when it froze, and that, all of those records fell through the ice. And then Brigham Young, uh, he fabricated a ton of stuff to to try to make him look like he should be the true guy, but it contradicts. Okay,
3: but I just I just want to I just want to make sure that that you guys both agree on this point because you mentioned the infidelities of Brigham Young, the the, the, the multitude of women he was with.
4: Um, wait, I didn't doing. say anything about infidelity of Brigham Young. Uh, I didn't say anything like no, that. There, I understand uh, what no, you reason, are saying. But I was trying is, to. You
3: said, you said the hearsay I, of Joseph
4: Smith.
3: Right. I'm saying if, okay, if wait, he's saying on. that Brigham Young did it, then how do you know that Joseph Smith didn't hear it? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be hearsay about Brigham okay, Young as well? Okay,
4: let because me address I went that really God quick before you talk over truth. me. Hold on. One second. Just let me tell you. Hold on. What you are doing right now is... I am talking about one specific thing, and you are jumping to another point to try to accuse the other person of some, um, some lie or untruth. What I am saying I'm, is I'm you, your first you need point. to stick... Wait. You, 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 you try need to... to, move to a my first point, point?
0: Before we finish the first line. No, no.
4: I'm not going to another point with Brigham Young or anybody else. I'm talking about Joseph Smith and the reality of him. That was it. That was the whole thing in a nutshell, and it is that you yourself need to go to God with what you feel is true and believe to be true and ask him, because already you have been given, um, you know, answers and witnesses and truths from others, and you are going to believe whatever it is that you feel like is your truth, and that's just the way that men are, everybody is, right? So instead of believing anything that's coming out of my mouth or his or anybody else's, you should go and get truth from God because He can reveal it unto you. However, I would warn that if you have your own preconceived notion that you believe is true and you don't have any way of ever wavering in that decision because you want to believe the lie, then you know, you can be stuck in that lie for eternity. That's called you know, the
1: part. So if God, God no. tells us to be as little children, to be believing as little children and to go to him to find out what truth is. And as we go with a believing heart, he will reveal to us truth. Now, I have to wrap this up, so I've muted him. He is free to call. Any other time I come on and do this radio show, I will take him after the reading. Um, But I wanted to say one thing. Okay, Okay, I just want to say to him if he's still on and
4: listening. Hold on. While he's still listening, I really appreciate his call and that he um, is willing to come on and talk about things because a lot of times people who accuse – They aren't willing to um, talk about it and discuss the reasons why or even learn from it. So the reasoning behind um, calling and becoming and being able to talk and discuss different things, um, it shouldn't be to accuse others, but it should be so that we can all become more enlightened and closer to God and one as a spirit. So I appreciate his call. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, We can't hear you. Can you hear me well? Mom, can you hear me? Um, I can hear you. I cannot hear. I can't, Mark, hear, I can't hear anyone other than you now. I hear you now. Can you hear me now? Oh, he must be. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Go yep. ahead, honey.
1: Okay, I'm on wash plant, and it's going to break up just for 20 seconds, but I'm almost to the top of this hill. And I really wish that he would have stayed on. But, for people who are listening to this program in the future, in the podcast, I'm going to tell you. I was on a load from San Antonio down to Brownsville, or down to Hildalgo near Brownsville, and I was listening to a Catholic radio station. Down, uh, when that one ran out, I found a Protestant radio station, and these people seemed to be very sincere in what they were teaching even though one was Protestant, and one was Catholic. And I asked God, what about these people? Because they believe the traditions of men mingled with Scripture. And he told me that he wants to reveal truth to everyone, but they damn themselves to their own false traditions and their false beliefs And he cannot speak to them. And this individual who is calling in tonight has a hardness of heart, not a believing spirit. He is not like a little child seeking truth. He is an accuser of the brethren. And he is hard in his heart. And God cannot speak to him unless through a divine miracle, uh, if he has a foreordained mission like Paul did. But for the majority of the people, he cannot speak to them because they damn themselves to their own hardness of heart with their false traditions and their false interpretations of Scripture. But God wants to reveal truth to everyone. But he also gives them free agency to believe what they believe. So anyway, um, so with that being said, if you are listening to this podcast, you are welcome to call any time even if you disagree with me. And, in fact, I enjoy the disagreement. In the fact, like Ben Shapiro, he, he tells, if you disagree with me, go to the head of the line because he wants to talk to those people that disagree with him. And Jesus Christ, he talked to those people who disagreed with him too. And I'm grateful he did because there was a lot of truth that came out as he was addressing the rabbis that didn't believe him. And so, you know what, bring him on. Thank you for calling Michael from Minnesota. Or maybe he's not from Minnesota. Maybe he's just driving because he's a truck driver. But anybody can call in after the reading of whatever we're doing. If we're going live, anybody's welcome to call in. Even if you're a Mormon, you believe Joseph Smith is a true prophet, and you reject what I say, and you believe Thomas Thomas Monson or Russell Nelson is a prophet here and revelator bring it on bring everybody bring it on so anyway with that being said it is time to wrap up the program so i am thankful for everybody who's called emmett can you play the end music sleep away uh do you have the studio open i can't hear you emmett yeah i muted myself yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, go ahead and play the music, and we'll be back on later with another episode of Fundamentally Mormon as part of the Zion's Redemption Radio Network. And have a good day. <laughs> go ahead, Emmett. Kim, just stay on until the music's done.